1: Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday, November 7th. 2012 and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. Huzzah! And Mr. Bob
2: Here, Still here and standing.
1: Yes, we are. We're still standing.
2: I did not participate in that.
0: You did not? Uh,
1: No. So, um, you know, we took last week off just because we were lazy and we didn't feel (laughs) like recording. This is going to be the best show ever. (laughs) There was nothing going on at all. Last week, no, no nothing, no superstorm or Frankenstorm as they uh, called it. Uh, I know it's a horrible name. I don't, I don't understand giving something something that could kill thousands of people a nickname. But that's uh, that, that's no, the weather. November
2: sweeps ratings. Yeah, period. exactly.
1: The Weather Channel needed those ratings. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So last uh, week, uh, Hurricane. Sandy hit, I guess it was like going it Superstorm Sandy when it hit us, but, um, it's for insurance reasons, yeah, for
2: insurance reasons only, thankfully, actually for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Now,
1: um, you know, we lost, uh, 900,000 customers on Long Island lost power. Nine, that's 90%, 90% of Long Island, of Long yeah. Island lost power. Um, uh, and some people had a, a whole lot worse, a whole lot worse. I mean, you know, yeah. You know, we're, we're going to do a little belly aching about what has happened in the preceding days and weeks, you know, probably right now. But, you know, if you look at some of the footage, you know, some people on the shores of Long Island lost everything, yeah. you know, and Staten Island especially got hit mm-hmm. horribly hard. And, you know, if you guys, you know, want to donate to the Red Cross, that would be much appreciated because they're people who don't have homes anymore. Um, now onto a more you know, onto, you know more personal <laughs> stuff. Uh, now, Steve, you've been you're still without power. Yeah, as of this yeah. recording, this is Tuesday night, so we don't we don't know what's going to happen on Magic Comic Book Wednesday. But as of
0: right now, <laughs> Steve has no power. Yeah, this is day nine yeah. for me, or night nine for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Oh. Um, I have not had a good night's sleep, and uh, this will be my tenth night trying to get a good night's sleep. I've been either freezing. You can see your breath when you walk into my place. My poor cat is freezing. I'm actually uh, leaving after this to go and pack her in uh, warm blankets and uh, heating packs and (laughs) such, Uh, because I can't stay in the house anymore. Yeah, I can't. It's too damn cold. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, my personally, my heart goes out to everybody who lost their homes. Um, the people in Queens with the fires and yeah, just yeah. all the all these like horrible tragic events that have happened because of this. Um, these this stuff happens in other places in the world, but we don't really get to see stuff like this mm-hmm. on this scale. I mean, this is like Katrina level shit, and it happened right here. So this is a little bugging us out a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and for me, it's just. You know, I don't have any power. I don't have any heat. Yeah. I don't have any like there's nothing over mm-hmm. by me. I'm living in a dead zone. Right. right. And there's no end to it in sight. I haven't seen one single truck. But And you're on an intersection.
2: You're in a major intersection. Yeah. The only road leading north goes right past the front of your house. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um but um I just you know, it's a disruption to your routine. Yeah. Um, your system, you're eating all kinds of food that you wouldn't eat mm-hmm. otherwise and uh stuff like this I mean even though the worst didn't happen to me it's still Mm. messing me up pretty bad And like I need some normalcy like I'm so glad to be here tonight and be doing this because it's like ah yeah yeah that's for all of us I think absolutely and
1: you know I I think that you know a lot of us are we're lucky because you know I lost power this place my, my apartment didn't have power uh for about six days um Thank God, you know, my parents live close to here. I could stay with them, and we all have people that loved ones around here that we can stay with if, if something had happened. You know, yeah. um, and I think stuff like this makes you thankful for those things. But obviously, obviously, it's been a huge inconvenience. And oh yeah, in, uh, un, until really Sunday, um, power, um, our power went out on a Monday. Um, was the first day I, I felt normal again. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it, to be able to sit in my apartment and just sit there on my couch and and, and do normal things, you know. It, you can, and it, it's also the fact that you can feel the tension. It's not so bad now, but the the third day after the hurricane, yeah. when people still didn't have power, because I think the first day everyone's like, okay, at least we're okay. You know, it's inconvenient, yeah. but we're okay. So we're just going to make the best of this. You know, it's a blackout. We'll stay in. You we'll know. barbecue whatever
2: in the fridge. Exactly. Yeah.
1: The th- you know the third day after the hurricane is when I'm sure people have seen this on the news when the gas shortages started to become a real issue. And we're talking, you know, four hour long lines at at gas pumps because really only 20% of the gas stations on the island were open for several days. You know, it's not until now that, um, you know, I think today, even though it was still bad, today was the first day where most gas stations had gas and they had lines. But at least it was, you know, there were hour long lines. They weren't four hour long lines. You know, right? I went out at two thirty in the morning yesterday and got gas. Damn, and I got it right away. But you know, I had to wait until those extreme conditions. I had barely any gas left. Um, you and people
2: know. should know, by the way, it we now had it's it's the fall here. Mm-hmm. The temperatures were in the thirties.
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, it's. There's some time bad timing yeah. on on that. With the nor'easter on the way. Yeah, which at this point I think people are kinda of just like shrugging about because <laughs> yeah. of what happened. You Fifty know? mile an
2: hour winds. Bring out. it on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um it's been it's been an interesting time. You know, I mean I none of my my parents' house or my partner didn't get damaged by anything, you know. I don't know anybody you uh, you know, really closely that got a lot of damage on their property except for my uh my mom's best friend, her daughter, just bought a house uh, uh, on the south shore of Long Island in oh. Massapequa, which is, um, you know, it's like halfway between the city and here, basically. Mm-hmm. It's gone. She doesn't have a house anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, Aaron
2: uh, and Jeff, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, Aaron and Jeff, our friend Aaron and Jeff, their apartment got flooded. Um, you know, it didn't flood. The, you know, the, the carpets were ruined. They had to move out. They didn't lose anything. Uh, Jeff lost a pair of shoes. So, I uh, mean, you know, when it comes down to they it, they were nice shoes, though. Yeah, it really inconvenient. Don't get me wrong. He yep. had to move his entire life, you know, to another place when he wasn't expecting to, and he had to do it in two days. That Joel had to be out of his apartment. So, mm-hmm. um, but he did say that he walked out of. He lives right on the coast, right near us, but on the coast. And he walked down to his parking lot, and the water was six inches above his knee. Oh, wow. Like, as far wow. as he could see, he's, he's like, literally there was a river around our house, you know? So, and he's a goodly way from the bay. Yeah, yeah, it, sort of. It's like he's on it. He's Yeah, uh, he's not on it, but he's half pretty... Half
2: a mile, three-quarter mile.
1: Maybe, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, he's right next to Dublin Deck. Yeah. And Dublin Deck's pretty right across from, like, the ore house and stuff, which yeah. is right on that inlet, at least, you know, the canal. So, um, yeah, it's been... I mean, the power thing is probably the, the biggest thing. Um, and our township, Brookhaven Township, is still the hardest hit township. There's something like forty thousand people without forty thousand customers without power. Yeah, one of them is me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Your area too, because I look at the outage map all the time to see what's going on with that. I heard yeah, the, nothing.
2: I, yeah. Well, I heard the chairman of Lipitz, the Long Island Power Authority, on the radio, Sunday morning football Sunday sort of thing, and they actually they brought him on. Mm-hmm. Port Jeff mentioned specifically. Yeah. It's one of those areas that may not get power back for another week or so. Yeah, poor Jeff and Coram, they're yeah. saying. I know some people, uh oh, Lauren got her power
0: back today. Yeah, Yay, my parents
1: Lauren. live in Coram, and they got their power back a couple days ago. But, you know, it's just sections. Right. And uh, it's, you know, it's been a big deal here, obviously. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we we've been inundated with the governor of New York and the mayor of New York City talking endlessly about... You know, things happening and not happening, and infrastructure. And they've been telling us for days that the gas thing is over, and it's it's just now starting to abate. You know, so it it's it been a problem with communication. You know, our power company is horrible with communication. They're, they they actually changed. They changed. They had this thing on their website where they had a map yeah. with, where they told you where people were working. Mm-hmm. They changed it, so now you can't see where people are working anymore. Oh,
0: oh, oh. oh really?
1: Yeah, it's different now. It's like, oh, the, we made a simpler, more uh, streamlined view of so you can tell what's going on here and there, whatever. So, you know, um, issues and the you know our governor said that you know we might have a different power company come you know not too no long. Thankfully. From now.
2: That. It's yeah. a, enough already. Yeah. We, we had a big hurricane last year, Irene. Mm-hmm. They promised things would be better. Uh, yeah, right.
1: <laughs> it uh, did not happen. It did no. not happen. So, um, But thankfully, we're all okay. Everyone we know is okay. Yeah. And uh, we will keep soldiering on. And hopefully you will have power back by the time people are listening to this. <laughs> um, <sighs> but, I mean, the biggest tragedy of all of this was that the comic books did not come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I Wednesday. still don't have last week's books. Yeah, Bob is still without the books. Um, uh, Rob got the books in on Monday. Uh, I couldn't go out and get the books up yesterday um, yes, on Monday because I didn't have gas. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hashtag nerd world problems. Yeah, nerd yes, world problems. Yep. <laughs> uh,
1: so But uh, we got some books. You know, We were catching up on some books from, from past weeks. Um, Bob, I know you're short on books to talk about,
2: so why don't you start out? Okay, well, I actually, just before the storm, had ordered a a book that I couldn't get at the convention. It's Batman Family number 17 (laughs) from 1978. I love that one. (laughs) One of your favorites, right? Yeah. Um, Well, it's it's this story that there was a Huntress trade paperback a little bit ago that collected all the side stories they were doing and didn't collect this story for some reason. It's the Huntress of Earth 2 here... On Earth 1, because she just wants to hang out for whatever reason. And it ends up in a team-up of Batwoman, Batgirl, and Huntress versus Poison Ivy and Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Well, since the Huntress's mom is Catwoman and she's passed away on Earth 2 already, it's pretty odd. She can't do much, and it's just its very dark, very interesting. And she... Tries to send a lesson to her mom in in subtle ways. It it turns out that this book, which I managed to buy for $13 on Amazon, which was nice because it's $50 Mm -hmm. on eBay. Wow. And it it came through in really sort of pristine condition. Um, Catwoman was written differently after this point. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: She was sort of still the thief, and she's doing all those sort of things, and they started to change the way she wrote. So it's become sort of a landmark issue. It's still not expensive, and the guide is $24, $23, whatever. Mm -hmm. No one has this. I went to every dealer at the huge <laughs> dealer's room at the convention. Mm-hmm. And everyone had issue 18, 14, 16, <laughs> 12. And you, we were all there wandering through that crowd.
0: Ugh. Yeah. To try. <laughs> no.
2: Elbowing people in the back of that. I'm trying to get a book here. <laughs> While you're looking. You Anyway. So. Batman Family 17, which none of you will ever see because you can't buy it either because I couldn't. <laughs> I did buy. I was going to talk about Halloween Eve, but we did already, so we're, we're moving past that. <laughs> but we're hoping to have Amy and Brandon, who created that, back on. We were due to have them on for Halloween Eve. We were. But yes. that happened. But Sandy kind of
0: got in the way. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of people that uh, will be stopping by the old podcast in uh, right. the weeks to come. Yeah, we
1: had some Halloween content for you guys, and we couldn't put it up because we lost power and you know hit a hurricane. So we're thinking uh, <laughs> next week we might do a very belated uh, like horror week right. um, for you guys.
2: So on that basis, I will just briefly mention that I, uh, there's an article that you'll see up really soon about Marvel's Tomb of Dracula, where... Uh, when the comics code was changed in 71, after the Spider-Man anti-drug issues, zombies and monsters and vampires were allowed again. Nice. And Marvel dove back into it with Tomb of Dracula, which was, uh, it's Gene Cole and the artist all the way through, which is just amazing. And after a couple of writers, we have the aptly named Marv Wolfman <laughs> writing. And it is the best Horror comic that's not an anthology. That's not House of Secrets or whatever that's ever been written. Dracula as a lead character, as a villain. Sometimes he's on the side of good because well their mm-hmm. issues collide and he has to do it. <laughs> but for instance, I have sitting here with me Blade, the vampire slayer. Oh wow! His first appearance where he's very sort of John Shaft throwing wooden Yo, knives. At his people. hair is, Yo, he has hair. He has hair. He's got an afro he's on, got on a top helmet. of it oh, wow. and and shades. He's got shades. <laughs> But um, we'll talk about it more last week. I'm done. I'm actually done. <laughs> this is the shortest segment I've ever had. I think. But I'm out of here. Well, um, it's sort of, It's not
1: really horry, but it's got dead people in it. Steve, you read uh, Blackest Night? <gasps> yeah, I did.
2: Lots of dead people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My first. Uh, my first foray into Green Lantern ever. And what did you think? I liked it, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I liked it a lot. Um, I had a feeling that I would like Green Lantern because I just I saw the movie. I still am not a big fan. The first ten minutes with the kid kill me, <laughs> um, but I like the idea. I like the idea of using your will as a weapon, mm-hmm. and um, I love the the like, you know intergalactic stuff and yeah. the, like the the governments and the different rings, and I, I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but. As much as we talked about it, like things kind of escaped me, and I really didn't remember much. So when I read it, it was still kind of new and fresh. I didn't know anything, Mm -hmm. and I was surprised at how dark it was Mm -hmm. and how like horror oriented it was. And it was it was epic. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was pretty (laughs) epic, and I just I it pulled me in. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I uh, I read that. In, like, two days, Mm -hmm. uh, two sittings, I read that, and then I immediately went into the DC New 52. Yeah. Uh, I read one through 12 Mm -hmm. plus zero. Now I have the annual and 13, and then 14, I think, is later today. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I am... uh, It's the most green I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) To quote Brian from many, many shows ago. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah, it's...
1: The cool thing about the New 52 stuff, reading right off Blackest Night, is that even though they come years and years apart, the New 52 stuff it delves deeply into, it, kind of pays off what happens in Blackest Night in, in a lot of ways, because the Black Hand uh, is back. I it, love him. Yeah, he's a really cool character. Um, I absolutely went crazy for Blackest Night mm-hmm. when I read it. It's There's so much going on, and so much more than I even understand, because I have not been reading DC books for all that time. Um some cool stuff with the uh, you know the Ralph and Sue Dibney stuff, which had happened in Identity Crisis, um, which they bring less, back less there. Less said about them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I love the stuff with the the rings, all choosing heroes. Yeah, you know, the Flash yeah. getting a ring, and Wonder Woman getting Wonder Woman getting the uh, the Star Sapphire ring, and you know, uh, the Flash getting the I think the blue ring, right? Yeah, the, the, yeah. Um, thought all that stuff was really great. Uh, Scarecrow getting. Uh, a yellow fear oh, ring. dude, you yeah. know me I, I yeah.
0: freaked,
2: yeah, well, who better to have it exactly, I was like, why is he in this, yeah,
0: and then later on, I saw him, and I was like, <laughs> and I, lo- I like the idea of these black
1: lanterns, it gets their power from the fact that the emotional connection to the people they bring back that 's what gives them their power,
2: right, the heroes who now have to face their defeats yeah. their their failures,
1: yeah, and it 's because they 're wondering why everybody isn 't getting reincarnated, you know they, they have that question, like why aren't they just bringing back everybody? And it's because, you know, they need to bring back all these connections. And that's why when they, when they reanimates Batman, you see all of these connections happening, you know, yeah. um, which I think is very, very, very cool. Um,
2: yeah. I mean, Bobby, you know, you're famously not an event guy. This was one of the better ones. Yeah. And again, because it's about emotion, not mm-hmm. just about the event. When you see Zatanna confronting her father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough stuff. Mm-hmm. It was really well done. Look, like Johns is doing a great, does a great job. Yeah, me. bless you, Steve. bless you. Um, with that deep emotion, yeah, that he finds that thread that carries you through, even if you you didn't read those books before, You just mm-hmm. guys didn't. Yeah, it's wow. I, yeah. I, I want to read more of that. You want to go backwards and find out why this should be important, what's going on.
1: Absolutely. And he obviously has a deep a- affinity for, well, obviously Hal, uh, obviously, but yeah. also Barry Allen, because Barry Allen is a, m- a major player yeah. in Blackest Night. Um, he obviously loves those, you know, um, what, Silver Age, right? Yeah. Silver Age heroes. So uh,
0: it's, it's great. And have you been enjoying the New 52 I have. Run? Um, I like... That it's um I have no idea why Sinestro is such a he's evil like he's he's a jerk yeah well he's been a bad guy for the Green Lantern forever really yeah Yeah. oh yeah nineteen sixty yeah yeah yeah. all right see because my only exposure is the the movie movie, yeah and and but the the movie movie is telling his kind of his origin story all right yeah so he was because he was like a mentor in that
1: yeah and that's how that's his story I mean he is like he's the greatest Green Lantern and eventually becomes uh, tossed out yeah Yeah. tossed out
0: yeah um but. I like how for such a for such a big universe mm-hmm. as obviously Green Lantern is capable. Yeah. Oh my god, excuse me. Of being <laughs> um it's the the what is this whiskey? Yeah. It, it's 60-year-old whiskey. Yeah. Oh, this is oh, that's that bottle. Yeah, yeah we're drinking 60-year-old whiskey right now at oh, the Canadian right. Club. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I thought it tasted familiar. <laughs> Come Any- on,
2: we, we're, it's our comeback moment. We got to right. break out the good stuff.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, so I liked how centralized it was to mm-hmm. just Hal and Sinestro. Yeah, um, for all this, for everything going on. There's a lot going on. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then you know the stuff with the the Black Hand and mm-hmm. everything, and um, like I. I was reading, reading, reading. I think that's like a three-part thing, and yeah. I read part one, part two, mm-hmm. and then I realized I needed the annual, and I was like, no! <laughs> so, uh, but I have all of them now, and yeah. um, and it sucked me into the uh, Rise of the Third Army. Yeah. Yeah, so now I'm um, Red Lantern's core, <laughs> New Guardian. Like, I, I am You're totally hooked. on the Green Lantern train, yeah. Yeah. Um, just because... I've read everything that sets that stuff up, mm-hmm. and it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's. I it really surprised me. I didn't. You know, I wouldn't even have thought to bother to pick those up, but I'm glad that I did. Yeah, I mean, Johns has been or- orchestrating this Green Lantern universe for about I think yeah. six or seven years now, and I, I, this is
1: kind of his. It's not his swan song Green Lantern, but this is this is like his trilogy of big Green Lantern things. This is going to be like the I think the last
2: big huge. Green Lantern thing he's gonna do. Will he put Hal back in place. You think? I know he loves Hal. So. He will. I mean, I, Hal has
1: been such a big part of the New Fifty Two. Um, you know, he wasn't a Green Lantern anymore, but Sin- they made Sinestro a Green Lantern again. It's all part of the Guardians have this plan to take down the Lantern Corps. Um, they're the, they're 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 actually doing the Guardians are bad guys thing, which they've been flirting with for years and years and years and years. Um, and but Sinestro you know, doesn't want to be a Green Lantern and he wants to be a Yellow Lantern because it's his core. He created them. So he creates a ring for Hal. He cre- you know, oh. uses his will to create a Green Lantern ring, but, you know, he has control over Hal's ring. So when it, he doesn't want Hal to have the power anymore. He can just take it away. Um, uh, He hates Hal. He does he's hate Hal. Hal. forever. hated Hal forever. But it's a great, their relationship yeah. is great together and Sinestro, I, I always say this, is one of the most interesting
0: characters, I think,
1: mm-hmm. out there.
0: So um, what else have you been reading, Steve? Well, <laughs> Something very special came out on Halloween that's near and dear to my heart. Oh yeah. Uh it's a little book called Whispers. <gasps> oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh Whispers number four, uh by Joshua Luna of the Luna Brothers came out mm-hmm. uh on Halloween. And holy shit. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> what a Halloween treat. Um, Yeah, no. If you're not reading this book, find them, buy them, look into the back issues. If it costs you a few extra dollars, buy it anyway. There are second prints laying around. Uh, This book comes out about every three months, so that's why it's easy to forget about and why you should order it from your previews magazine. Like, I always do, so I get it. (laughs) Um, This is the issue in the series, um, if people don't remember or don't even know, uh, it's about guy who's really really OCD he doesn't like to touch doorknobs he doesn't like to interact with people he's kind of a homebody um but he every night that he goes to sleep he's able to basically astrally project his body into his city and he gets to influence the thoughts and interact with his closest friends and kin and whatnot um but it's been really, really cool so far, but with the fourth issue, it like blows the story wide open and makes it about that, but about so much more than that. Um, it's just, it's one of those issues where even though it's not so many pages, it's only 20 something pages, there's a lot of quick cuts to other scenes and scenes that are only two pages. But the the way that Joshua Luna writes his characters is that he, he writes people so well that's why I love them so much that you just it doesn't matter what situation you're thrown into when he's writing it you're right in there and the book is it's the uh, there's another book I have to talk about where it's just it's really close to you like you feel like you're floating around with the main character looking in on all this stuff going on and the, I won't the one thing that I will say that is really is starting to get interesting now is that He I don't I can't remember his name, but Ethan, maybe anyway, he's the whole thing is, is that when he goes to sleep, he astrally projects, but he wakes up. Mm -hmm. So you're faced with a situation where this is going on for a couple of days now where there's no such thing as rest anymore because he goes to sleep. Mm -hmm. He wakes up outside of his body. And then when something happens, it snaps him back into coherence again. He's awake again. And there's just there's been no rest for him whatsoever, and this is the this is the issue where he's meddling and starts to make bad decisions, and it just they reveal something that's going on that's been going on in the background. They finally told you what it was, and that was shocking enough. And then just like all the other issues, the final page just flips everything on its ass. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely fantastic. It takes three months to come out, but it's still my favorite book on the shelves. It's just fantastic so really good uh horror read now does it seem like it's an ongoing or does it have a number in it like four of that is the that's that's what i wondered yeah when um i mean all of their other series i don't know because it's solo it's not Mm -hmm. the brothers but um i mean all the other stuff has been 20 something 30 something right so ongoing (laughs) stuff so okay and with him with with what happened in this issue I could see this going to a lot of places. Right. Like instead of it being focusing on him and this relationship that was going on, it's now branching out all over town. And like I said, something happens in the book that you can you can now tell multiple stories Mm -hmm. if you want to, if you want to, you know, but he's also he's tired Right. Who knows how long he's going to last? Maybe it is only six more mm-hmm. issues, or four, or two. Right. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I would love to find out. But the the cover for issue number five is incredible. It's it's going to get on the favorite cover <laughs> when it comes out because it's just fantastic. <laughs> it's like a um, like a DNA strand, mm-hmm. but it's just arms grasping at severed heads, and it's nice. all, yeah, it's it's sick. It's here. Look. Yeah, you guys can <laughs> yeah, see. You can look, look it up yeah. online. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Joshua oh, yeah, Litter, yeah, Whispers yeah, number yeah. five.
2: Um, so yeah, so, so it'll be it'll be covers of the week somewhere in February. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I read that um, really wow. quick. I just want to say uh, the Batgirl Annual was very very cool. The artwork was fantastic. Um, Gail Simone should be writing Catwoman because I heard a is, lot of that. Yeah. yeah. This is the first time that I've seen Catwoman in the DC New Fifty Two where I respect mm-hmm. the character. Yeah. Um, she's great. I really wish that she would either not even take over the main the main book, but do like a six part run. Just do a catwoman book. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, and if you guys are around our age or anything, or even if you've got brothers and sisters, uh, who remembers He Man?
2: Anyone? <laughs> I remember, I remember. Everyone All remembers right. He-Man.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, um Joshua Hale Fialkov, who does um iVampire uh, mm-hmm. for DC wrote this uh, Masters of the Universe, number one, The Origin of Skeletor. It's really cool. (laughs) And don't think just because it's a He-Man thing that it's going to be like Kitty and goofy. It's not. It's very like Dante's Inferno, um, like journey like the rise of a tortured soul Mm -hmm. kind of thing like brother against brother royalty the fall from grace all of that stuff king
2: lear sounds yeah yeah
0: it's it's really 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 cool and the art uh who did the art uh fraser uh irving is just spectacular the coloring of it is is wonderful and uh if you're at all a fan or you just want to know where uh skeletor came from and how he came to rise in power and who he's actually, uh, what he's actually a part of. Definitely check this book out. Um, I bought it almost as a laugh and <laughs> I ended up loving it. <laughs> so, uh, those are a few things. Oh, and a-, a Babies versus X Babies. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It was, it was that really, really good. So
2: good. Bet your Skeletor could get your power back. Yeah. There needs to be more.
0: Yeah. Skeletor should get my power back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Demand it. You're trying to you
0: trying to set me up. I yes, you. I am. That, that's just just straight <laughs> guess, line. No, no no no! Oh,
2: forget it. All <laughs> right, I try.
0: I tried, Lauren. I, have no I tr- power here on Skull Mountain.
2: <laughs> nice. That's the one.
0: Beastman. <laughs> All right, I'm done. All right.
2: Very nicely, very nicely handled. And I could do a few. He's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: did you also read Lot thirteen? I did. I want to talk about it really quick? Uh, Steve Niles is a limited series. Uh, a five. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a horror book. Because it's Steve Niles, and that's what that's what he does. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because the first issue it starts out, you know, in you know frontier times, I guess, well, Revolutionary mm-hmm. War times, but pre Revolutionary War times, um, and then skips ahead to a, a family, you know, in in modern times, um, kind of haunted housey, mm-hmm. but with a lot of underlying mystery because. It, there's a moment in it. I don't want to, cause you know, it's obviously something that's very involved and it's short. So I, I wouldn't want to spoil anything. Um, but there's a moment where the, one of the daughters is showing a picture to her mother on the phone yeah. and the picture has something wrong with it. And it, and the way that the mother reacts is, is not the way it, it seems like something that she'd be like, Oh my God, what is this? Oh, stop playing a joke on me. But she's like, Oh, not this again. It seems like, yeah. you know, w- w- with the phone. So it, it's, it's a very scary image on the phone too. So, I'm not sure how they tie into the family you see at the in the in the flashback. And there's obvious, there's a ghost that shows up or some sort
0: of spectral thing. Yeah. Um it's very very creepy. Uh what did you think of it, Steve? I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. It um it reminded me of a of a couple of things or just a couple of scenarios like um I, for some reason, it reminded me of Poltergeist, like yeah, tw- towards yeah. the end of Poltergeist when <laughs> the family leaves the house and they go to stay in the uh, in the hotel yeah, and they, you know, they push the, the TV outside of the yeah. hotel <laughs> and everything. It just, it reminded me of a family that, you know, went off to escape, but they're moving to this house. They find out that it's not ready yet. So they go and they stay somewhere. Um, and just the circumstances. It's very classic horror. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It, I mean, it's... It's all stuff that you've seen before, but it's done in such a way and it's organized in such a way that it's, um, it's creepy. Yeah, absolutely. It's, like, it's very creepy. It yeah. wasn't even like, it didn't scare me, but I put it down. I was like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> like it, I'm, I'm definitely interested in it. I think it's going to be really cool.
2: Miniseries or
1: mini series, Yeah. One of five. So it's interesting and, and I'm definitely going to keep up with it because it, it, it definitely caught my attention. You um, would like it, Bob. Okay. Yeah, I think you would. Um, some things you guys not talk about though, because we weren't here last week. You guys didn't talk about the last issue of
0: FF. Uh, well, that's what I. That was gonna be my. Oh, okay, that was my official book. Of oh, okay. Book. I didn't realize. I didn't <laughs> realize. Um, yeah. I mean, when we do our. Oh, there's. Oh, there's one more. I have so. I read so much stuff. <laughs> um, the. I'll mention this one really quick, and then you and I will finish okay. off with FF. Um, if you guys haven't heard of a book called Fish Town. By Kevin Colden, and uh, it's a hardcover that just came out by uh, IDW. It is if you like like gritty. If you've ever seen the movie Kids, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people yeah. have seen that movie, and you remember seeing that when you were younger, and it was like one of those movies that kind of disturbed you or unnerved you about mm-hmm. your own youth. Like that, this book is that put into the kids of today. That at people that are just they're born evil they're 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 born not caring mm-hmm. and they're such low lives and they're such like they're such disgusting human beings with no remorse whatsoever um it's just it's it's about a murder and the the people involved being interviewed about the murder but it's like I was saying before with Whispers, it's a book that gets you like you're right in there. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like you're one of the kids or you're you're the interviewer yourself. Sometimes it feels a little removed. This feels like you're like right in there with them. Um, and it's just it's just disgusting. Like to think that <laughs> I've known like at least I used to hang out in Brooklyn a lot when mm-hmm. I was growing yeah. up and not my friends, but friends of friends or people that were just in the same places that we were we hung out in a lot of parks and stuff like that there are people like this and there are people that behave i mean you see them on the news and i mean every time there's like a local news 12 thing that's our local uh news station mm. and they flash the picture of like the latest crime uh going on in the the mugshot. and you look at the thing and you're like well of course yeah. <laughs> look, look at this that person. guy yeah. they look half alive you know <laughs> um this is that book it's really really well done um I don't I can't recommend it to everyone it is brutal Mm -hmm. uh it's very violent there's a lot of drug use there's some sex in it but it's all it's all too real Mm -hmm. so if you want to read something that is like a murder by numbers done in a really cool comic book form Mm -hmm. it's like that um and then there's the final issue of FF, which Aww. I'm just going to say right now, when we do our end-of-the-year lists, I don't know if it'll make it to number one. That's I'd, I'll reserve that. That's up for grabs. It'll definitely be in the top three. It was absolutely
2: just amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I, did You you read it, right, yeah. Bob? It's heartfelt, um, just amazing. You, you have the future versions of Valeria and Franklin. Mm-hmm. Reads dad and it, it's all this family and it, and he has that wonderful letter at the end of the issue. Yeah, where you, what do you, as you pointed out in your view, what do you say to your past self? Yeah, how do you sort out what's gonna be? I, I'm sorry, he's leaving this book. I love yeah. Matt Fraction. And I'm sure it's gonna be fun. Yeah, but this was a great. Is it six years?
0: Something like that, right? Yeah. 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 I don't know, but I mean there were so many quotable lines in, in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like I stopped and I was like, I was like tweeting things from it, like <laughs> but trying not to ruin it for people. Mm-hmm. And um, there's about six pages, I think of, of panels that deserve to be oh. like either posters or T-shirts, or if they're selling
2: Vamp- them prints vampire themselves. teachers or whatever yeah, it is, yeah, uh, <laughs>
0: vampire, a hot vampire teachers on the back of motorcycles. <laughs> um, it's ju- it's just a it's a book that promotes the use of imagination, yeah. and it 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 just it tells you that you know no matter what's going on in, in the entire universe. That if you can build yourself a little corner where you can escape and where you can be off in your own mind and do the things that you've always dreamed of doing, that so long as you have that, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how they send this off. Yeah. And it was just such a just a perfect yeah. way for such a, a sentimental uh series. Yeah. I mean, I read it over the past couple of months. I went from, you know, from one to this and I, you know. It's been my favorite Marvel run that I've read. It's mm-hmm. just, it's so, I mean, I love, love, love the Fantastic Four, and that's been incredible too, but FF with, with the kids and everything, like, my concern, I was talking to Rob in the store about this mm-hmm. today, I have confidence in Matt Fraction, I do, mm-hmm. I totally do, but what I'm worried about, especially after reading the uh, Avenging Spider-Man annual that just came out, I'm really hoping that he knows how to write the kids because that is crucial to that book mm-hmm. that family working. You know, you can write read, you could write sue, but the kids, you got to know how to write the kids. I have faith, but I'm just saying they're they're like what ties FF or or even the Fantastic Four together at this at this rate.
2: Well, he's folding them back into the main book. Well, that's see, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So you're going to see more of them interacting with their parents. And though I do think you'll see them with the new FF, mm-hmm. which is the, the crazy amalgam of goofy characters <laughs> well, he's got going on yeah. over there.
0: Let me, just, let me just paint you a picture, Bob. Sure. Avenging Spider-Man, one panel, really quick. Something goes wrong in the city, and everybody's pissed off at each other, so they're all getting angry. But at one point, Franklin, who absolutely loves and adores Spider-Man, and even though it's the plot, not to like them, mm-hmm. he calls him, what was it, um, something, spider Pooh. And I, I was just like, that is, even if he was angry, that is something that he would never say. And the kids looked ghastly. That's the other <laughs> Well, thing. who wrote Avenging Spider-Man? I don't, it's in my bag. I don't oh, okay. have it in front of me. But gotcha. no, I mean, it wasn't Matt Fraction. wasn't Matt Fraction. No, 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 no. absolutely okay. not. But I'm just saying, like, it's just, it's an example of how, if you don't know how to write the characters, mm-hmm. how it's oh, noticeable. Yeah. Because I, and there was other, a couple of other ones. Valeria's line was awesome. But then Franklin followed it up and he's just like yeah spider poo and I'm like really (laughs) so it just it you know it it scared me a little bit (laughs) I I, I didn't like it I didn't like it at all
2: Defenders had a lovely balance and you just discovered that one yeah I still need I'm only
0: Five or six issues into that mm-hmm. i need to
2: i haven't had any power so yeah Yay! yeah, little
1: tough. um for and, you bobby well speaking of end of runs uh Baker ended his captain america run this past uh well two weeks ago yeah. now i guess it was so what'd you think of that bob
2: that was awesome yeah um now for someone who followed cap for all these years to see the callbacks to all those moments that seemed like uh, prior to you guys what's that guy doing hanging off a tv aerial off a roof well, when Captain America decided after the president shot himself in the White House, after the Secret Empire issues, that he couldn't be Captain America anymore, that that symbol didn't mean anything. He went to be nomad, and someone else took up the mantle and got killed by the Red Skull, and that's, okay, I have to be Captain America. Mm-hmm. It's all that little stuff that he, he's been— shoehorning into the issues now for how many years is he on cap he's gotta be the same
1: on the same around six 2005 Uh, i think was when
2: he started like seven years yeah an an issue where literally nothing happens but a conversation in a hospital room Mm -hmm. and it's action-packed and emotional and wonderful and sad to see him go too yeah
1: it's big teams long running teams too leaving
2: Leaving very very big books. and it was Steve Epting back again this time on the art yeah. for the first time in a while. Yeah,
1: so that's that, that's that's it's a good send off. I'm, I'm glad that that, that that was as good as it, it could have been. Um, so uh, I mean, we talked about a lot of the stuff that I would have talked about too. Uh, I gotta say, last week, uh, The Flash, um, or two weeks ago, I guess now whatever, uh, was great. It it it, it, it hasn't actually been great. Was that the Gorilla Grod? Gorilla Grodd is in it, yeah, yeah. Okay. But it, th- this, this, the last arc of the Flash has been all of the rogues, uh, you know, finally manifesting in the same place and being all in Central City. And um, there's, uh, you know, th- th- this comes to a point where they're all fighting the Flash, but then the, the gorilla, Gorilla Gron comes with the gorilla army, and the Flash is like, hey, look, we all live here. These people want to mm-hmm. destroy where we live. Let's take them out, and then we can keep fighting. Yeah. So that's what happens, and, and it's just great because it's you know it's a lot of action. It's 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 Flash using his powers. It's Captain Cold and all those people using their powers, and it it, it was just so much fun and so much energy. And uh, you know, it it, it was the it, this this arc feels like it's really going somewhere as compared to the, the middle issues, kind of felt meandering because they they seemed like they were all setting up this this arc. You know, he was going okay. one or two issue spurts going to these different villains showing up and it just wasn't, it wasn't connecting, it wasn't paying off and this, but this is a great payoff. Um, and it looks gorgeous, but it always looks gorgeous. It's never not uh, in in this whole run. Um, so that was really what left me uh, the most impressed uh the last round of books I read. But I also, I gotta say, uh, after Ghost Zero, mm-hmm. I, I, I did not love the, the Zero issue of Ghost. Um, so I was a little bit, a little bit of trepidation but I picked up issue one and I gotta say I, I did love okay. uh, issue yeah, one it was very nice of the book I, I think that it brings in the, the the mystery element I think all my problem with zero was just was just by uh by fact of what it was which was a collection of short stories uh, you know that was collected in an anthology mm-hmm. book put into one story and that's what it felt like to me it didn't feel like one cohesive unit to me and this felt like the beginning of something it felt like okay these are the these are the parameters of the story Th- these are the villains these are the good guys now let here's our mission and i like that all set up i liked her a lot the, um and i even like the two you know kind of paranormal yeah. investigator Ghost, the two like, ghostbusters yeah, kinda,
2: yeah.
1: Go- goofy guys so after issues one i i'm very excited about the rest of the series
2: yeah, it's also when that first appeared, that feature first appeared. She didn't know who she was when she, right, turned into a ghost. Mm-hmm. It was she. It was the mystery of who she was, how she died, how you mm-hmm. fix it. Yeah. So we're we're right back to that. Kelly Sue's right on on the spot with that.
1: Yeah, and I like it because I don't know what's going to happen, but I know what the drive of the story is. So okay. I, I feel comfortable uh, reading the book. Um. They Aquaman 13 came out this past week, and it's finally the conclusion to the story. Like it was, you know, two months ago. As soon as I saw that,
0: I thought of you. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and it was great. It was it was a great conclusion to the story. I'm, you know, it pays off the Black Manta story. It sets up the next villain, who we're not quite sure who it is yet. Mm -hmm. It's a person who was pulling the strings, you know, behind Black Manta. Um, We're not sure if it's you know Ocean Master or Arm. I would bet on. Or you know, there's a lot of a lot of potential there. But it, it, you know, it's a story about, like you talked about, Johns before, about the mm-hmm. emotional core of characters, and it's about Arthur, kind of coming to grips with not only who he is, but who he was, you know, and reconciling that and realizing that he has changed and that he has, he has progressed from this angry young man who killed th- this person mm-hmm. to a person who won't do that anymore, and, and it was a great payoff to that story. You know, they've been waiting like three months for.
2: Um, <laughs> Those zeros have to be there. You know.
1: Yeah. It, you didn't get a chance to read Captain Marvel yet, right? You no, did. but you can...
0: You, I
2: didn't read go it ahead. I'm not going to spoil okay. it.
1: It uh, ends that, you know, the the, the Helen Cobb story. like okay. It always said it was going to. Um, and I liked it. Uh, you know, I, uh, I feel like it's very time-travelly, you know, and there's a lot of paradoxes and what happens if this happens and did this happen back then and we're just seeing the different angle from it now right, I know and they
2: call back to her origin
1: yeah this was all this, this all this is about but the cool thing is is um you know she's seeing her past self when she becomes uh you know miss marvel and it's the same like dialogue from that issue wow and they're they're and, but it's commented on because helen is like you, and you say i talk strange <laughs> and you know you know carol says it was a different time helen or whatever so, it's, it, you know, it's cheeky and fun. Uh, there's a couple issues with, like, the, the paradox things that maybe I just have to read it again because sometimes time travel stuff gets a little bit wonky and you have to yeah. really dive into it. But some of it seemed a little bit loose as far as plotting goes, but it's still a very good issue. And it really kind of calls Ollie back to that first issue and pays off that uh, that letter that she gets from Helen. Yeah. So it, it worked really, really well. Um, but, you know, that's basically it. You know, it, it's tough because, you know... I can't really remember everything that I read two weeks ago and that's kind of what we're playing off of right now mm-hmm. um, I will say I, I'm quite enjoying uh, the the run up to issue 700 of Amazing Spider-Man as well it's, I haven't
0: been reading since the um, the first issue of the alpha uh, introduction
1: yeah um, well it's that's fine because the alpha stuff wasn't very good okay. I'm glad that we're now past it I mean he's getting his own series which we're going to talk about but uh, that stuff just fell out of place to me Uh the run now is uh, we got some Hobgoblin action happening here uh, and it's been it's been really good uh, really funny uh, you know a lot of heart to it so it, it, it I'm in eagerly anticipating the issue 700 and what, what comes from that alright so any anybody else have any other books they want to talk about nah good alright so we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back we we'll talk about some news do some listener questions and uh, tell you next week's releases <laughs> Some uh, some news that happened while uh, we were away. Uh, long time, We've long been time. Away
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, we have a huge new story to talk about, which isn't necessarily comic book related. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, and probably near the end because we have, also have like a listener question about it. So oh, uh, it's well, the biggest entertainment story of the year, basically. Uh, Kardashians, the Kardashians, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we'll start with this. Uh, some new Fifty Two news. Okay. Uh, we already knew Justice League of America was coming. Uh, Jeff Johns, the writer, David Finch, the artist. But now we get news that there are 52 variant covers, one for each state, including <laughs> one for Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. Uh, so, Bob, why don't
2: you uh, tell can, me thing about that? Can you say asinine? <laughs> uh, 52 covers? How do retailers sort out 52 covers? I don't know. Ba- I'm, I'm going to say badly. <laughs> uh, order the main cover. Farm out the rest. What fifty fifty two covers on a book? Yeah, well, you don't have to carry all fifty two. I okay. I want the cover that's from Wisconsin. Okay, well, I'm, I'm to... a I'm a completist. I need all fifty two. Have yeah. you seen the Colorado one? It's awesome. <laughs> it's Boulder Dam. Like <laughs> the... um... I, I, all these variant covers. It's a, it, to me. It's a whole. It's a virus. It's an infection. And enough already. 52 strikes me as, I'm going to monopolize all your comic dollars for a week because you're the guy who wants to buy...
1: Yeah, but that's not the company's fault. Like
2: The company's releasing them. It's their fault.
1: No, it's not because they're not forcing you to buy them, Bob. They're not saying you have to buy all 52 covers to understand the story. You can just buy the one JLA cover and you'll have the whole story.
2: Then they could release one cover. Yeah, but (laughs) they're releasing fifty-two because they know there's a certain percentage of people, okay, who are Justice League completists who will buy them, and they have now pocketed two hundred extra bucks. Yeah, but it's their job to make money. They're a publisher. Is it it make at the end of the day? Is that making money? We we discuss this a lot by by monopolizing that two hundred dollars that could go to buying. Swamp Thing, Animal Man, Justice League Dark,
0: World's Finest,
2: all the other books they put out. If I spend all my comic dollars in one week buying 52 Justice League covers, I'm not buying the rest of their line. I'm not discovering Scott Lobdell's Superman.
1: Right, but again, I, I just don't... That's a compulsion for somebody that's not DC isn't forcing you to buy these covers they're not saying that oh there's different things And if they were like oh but there's one different page in every single book that if you don't buy them all you won't get this second story I think that would be, be BS. Right. It's, it's
2: better than that but only slightly.
1: I just think it's like oh it's like a it's like a fun side thing if you want the New York cover go ahead spend your money get the New York cover but if you want all 52 covers then you're not buying comics because you want to read comics you're buying comics because you want to collect
2: you know, right? But things. since we are, we have reduced this industry to we have as many collector compulsive as we do readers, based on the numbers. I think it's an issue.
1: Yeah, but there. I mean, my opinion. Look, there are there are things that companies do to make money that I think are gross. This is one of those things where it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt the consumer for the fifty-two covers. Right. It, 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 it's it, better than an event. It feeds, it feeds into a compulsion of people to, to want to buy those 50 covers, but listen, the, the comic book industry has enough trouble as it is, you know, uh, keeping itself running, you know, so, you right. know, if they can get $200 out of some guy who would normally only buy Justice League anyway, you know, that's that guy's choice, not DC's, you know,
2: not DC's choice. So Cynical. Cynical. Who's, me or you? No, no, them. Oh, okay. No, them. I not, you're no, me one cynical. Of us I them. Like, no, I know. I'm cynical. <laughs> no, I completely embrace cynical. Don't get me wrong. No, you're not. You're you're more optimistic. <laughs> no, from their aspect of it, they're looking at mm-hmm. I can I can reach into this guy's wallet and pull out his credit card and run yeah. two hundred dollars. And so what? That he can't buy food next month.
1: Well, yeah, but that Bob, that it's is his none choice. Of, yeah, right. That, you're talking about. I will I will have a debate with you about comic buying dollars, but as soon as someone's spending money that they could have spent on food, on a, on a variant cover of Justice League, JLA number one, I have to have it. Then that's I've a different this. issue. Yeah, that's like an addiction. Know. That's like a gambling addiction. I,
2: I think it's a very cynical marketing ploy that needs to be eliminated again. This ruined this industry 20 years mm-hmm. ago. We had die cuts and glow-in-the-darks and things in bags and and we flushed out the readers to the speculators. Mm-hmm. And we're coming back around to that again. It, it, it's on the rise more mm-hmm. than ever. So See, I'm, I'm concerned.
0: My cat's breath smells like cat food.
2: <laughs> Yo. You know, if i got to say, I, I don't care
1: about all of them. If, if I walked into the store and the New York cover was there, I might pick it up. Or the Vermont cover, you know, because mm. those are places I've lived. But that's all I care about, you know. In the end, I just care about what it says inside um. the book.
2: I'll buy a cover. I'll buy a variant. Mm-hmm. Uh, my local comic I put aside last month's Captain Marvel with uh, in a bag, and it was the pink yeah. breast cancer The breast cover. cancer month, yeah. Great. Okay, he knew I was probably going to be the, the sop for that, and ended up I bought the print, which was even nice. It's hanging right in the kitchen. <laughs> um, if I see a second cover that's an homage to something I loved, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. But we're sort of the—I hate to say this. No, I don't. We're the more evolved buyers <laughs> around here. We kind of buy what we like, and n- or not-
0: almost everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: okay, <laughs> I mean, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> but we're not as beholden to the mm-hmm. completest aspect of it. We've all kind of gotten beyond, right? But that's who they're mm. addressing, and that, oh yeah, that's that's just what strikes me as nasty.
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, like you know, I kind of. When they do DVD like DVD DVD or Blu-ray releases that are like oh they release the bare bones edition and then they want they want to announce the you know extended edition or the yeah. special the special edition until after that one's already out I find that to be
2: yeah six months out I have to buy it again dirty and weird
1: I mean if they annu- listen if they announce it beforehand if they go okay there's a regular edition now and then three months from now there'll be this special edition thing that's fine
2: yeah I'll rent the the bare bones one buy the other one later
1: release it twice but you know for me this just for me because there's nothing different about these books except for their covers to me it's just listen is it a marketing ploy absolutely is it a grab for money yes but in the end it's your choice whether or not you want to spend that money you know it's like anything else they put out you know you know they put out seven Avengers books a month, and we've talked about that. The problem with that, but again, if you don't want to spend all that money on the Avengers books, just buy you Avengers. You know, and this is even more than that because these aren't even stories. This is just you know covers. slightly different covers. So.
2: Fifty-two of them. Wait till the blank one come out. Then you have to <laughs> draw sketches on them. I, I'm I'm done. I'm I like st- the blank I'm ones stopping.
1: only because on the inside they have the real cover.
2: You know they usually have like the like the. Yeah.
1: You know, this hard cover on the outside and the inside—they have like the soft,
2: regular cover. I got got a blank on candy signed by Neil Adams, which I thought was kind of cool. Nice,
1: very nice. Yes. Steve, do you have anything else you want to add to this <laughs> little conversation? I don't want to say anything.
0: Okay, no. Um, uh, go maybe, for it. Maybe I will. <laughs> mm. Yes.
1: Well, somebody you, you buy a lot of books. Obviously, we, we we kind of tease you about it every week. Um, it's a light week. And I you, have to buy
0: fifty two <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> There's no such thing.
1: <laughs> and you do, you do you buy variant covers? I mean, sometimes. You, sometimes you don't you don't seem to go crazy over it. You no, know. I don't. Um, so what do you think
0: of this? Um. I I agree with the both of you. I, I I mean I I agree with Bob, but I also am a firm believer that it is a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's damaging to the industry to a to a degree to take advantage. But like you said, they're there to make money. Yeah. Um, so both both sides have merits. It's one of those like uphill battle things that you just you could argue it until you died, and, right. and that would be you know you'd never get anywhere um it really boils down to as wrong as it is as much as it is screwing things up or as much as it is uh is feeding off of the audience it's still at the end of the day it's a choice yeah you can choose not i'm not going to buy 52 covers of a book that i might not even want to read right like (laughs) i just you know it's it's a choice Mm -hmm. i i just i do agree i think it's a shame they're like, let's say that you are, I mean, if it makes you happy, I ran right into somebody today at tour that was willing to pay $2,000 for a Mickey Mantle card that they had behind the counter. Mm-hmm. And he's like mm-hmm. talking about some kind of settlement that he's getting. And he's like, oh, I'm going to put some of it towards, you know, this. And then the other half, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this card. And I'm like, Wow. I'm like this guy likes either Mickey Mantle or is just such a baseball card collecting enthusiast that he's willing to plunk down two grand mm-hmm. for an old, I mean, it was in good condition. But it was in good condition. It Mm. wasn't mint. It was a fucking card. (laughs) It was a little piece of cardboard with, you know, probably ratty, nasty gum stuck to (laughs) it. Anyway,
2: like... It still smells of that gum 70 years later.
0: I just think it's a shame that, like, let's say you are one of those people and you do decide to do something like that, that it takes away from the opportunity of discovering something else that you could have done with that money. Mm -hmm. But again, Mm -hmm. it's a choice. Yeah. If you're willing to pay for fifty two covers, mm-hmm. there's probably no convincing you or helping you right <laughs> you know like you're that's a good
2: point I <laughs> hadn't yeah, considered you know, that. yeah yeah, yeah the, you're, i
0: I you're, doubt you're very much past the primer yeah, I yeah. doubt very much that if you like if we went into tour that morning and somebody let's say somebody shows up that it's mm-hmm. not a regular, yeah, and they're like, you know Rob didn't bother to tell us, and it's like like you got my covers. And, like, from underneath the counter or in the box, it's got its own diamond box, right? And it's <laughs> it all 52 would, yeah. variant covers, and yeah. he just pulls them out and puts them off to the side and be like, dude, what the, what is that? Oh, that's for John, the yeah. cop. And it's like, Are you serious? And he walks in, like, there's, I wouldn't even, I'd be like, wow. Mm -hmm. you must have a lot of money and no women (laughs) yeah um no whatever it's a choice i i would rather spread my money around Mm -hmm. discover something else or for that amount of money have a couple of full runs because that's what you'd be paying i mean 52 books yeah a lot of books. That's and like new one books week for me. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come done. on. But I'm
2: dumb, and not to mention, won't they eventually put out a book that has all fifty-two probably. covers in it? Yeah, probably.
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's, th- that's thirty dollars. Yeah, I, you know, again, but they they want it more because they they can have all those covers. I mean, yeah. if it made like a really like an American
0: oh. flag. Like you could put it on your wall, that'd be pretty cool. If know, they were intercon- okay. That,
2: that, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Inter- if, interconnected, yeah, 52. yeah. If they
0: were interconnecting of like themes from each state, I mean, yeah. I don't know what the hell you do for some of yeah, them. Yeah, I don't know. Delaware. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, but Water like gap. if you had like, yeah. like in Arizona, you have like a really cool like Vegas scene, like a fear and loathing in Las that'd Vegas. That'd be Nevada. The, but- I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm, hey, look. Nine days with barely any sleep. Good for you. Yeah, you're still yeah. in the Sleeping ballpark. In 30, you were right in the area, though. Yeah, yeah thirty degree. I found four me, corners. I'm yeah. in like a
2: five state radius. Yeah, we're lucky. Yeah. Uh, All right. Show me Boulder Dam and a superhero flying through it.
0: It'll probably be like the Rockies or something. I, I still have assume. people texting
2: yeah. me right now asking me if I've gotten my power back. <laughs> like, are you alive? No, no, I'm dead. You should text back.
0: Yeah. This um, is my ghost. <laughs> Okay. In this announcement with
1: the 52 covers, you know they uh, they talked about two new solo books that are coming Mm -hmm. out from the new 52. Obviously, we talked about a couple weeks ago the the cancellations that came through with Frankenstein and and those books. Um, The Vibe, uh, which is going (laughs) to be written by uh, Arrow creator Andrew Kreisberg and artist Pete Woods, and Katana, written by uh, Ann Nocenti and artist Alex Sanchez. Um, You scoffed at Vibe.
2: Who is Vibe? uh, break dancing mid period Justice Leaguer. Okay. Uh, no Out no of more. Sight. No more. No more needs to be said. <laughs> Groovy. Um, and Katana has been in uh, Birds of Prey. Right. Had been under Gail Simone. Yeah. Interesting sort of counterpoint to the Black Canary. Mm-hmm. Don't know what's been going on in the new Birds of Prey. Right. I can't, Me can't, re- can't read that.
1: Yeah. So uh, who knows? I mean, this story describes him as uh, two solo books for fan, two fan-favorite characters. So I don't know if Vibe and Katana are fan-favorite oh, sure. characters. sure.
2: If you were Shaquille O'Neal, I guess Vibe was a you know, favorite <laughs> character.
1: Uh, so, but the real good news about this whole thing also came with the announcement that starting with issue 17, Jeff Lemire and Andre Sorrentino are, are taking over duties on Green Arrow.
0: Oh, my God. So
1: yes. the artist of Vibe vampire. <laughs> And obviously, Jeff Lemire, who we talked yeah. about six billion times on the show, are taking over, and, and rightly so. Yeah, on uh, on Green Arrow, and uh, I may start buying Green Arrow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's going to coincide with the start of JLA because Green Arrow is a major part uh, of JLA, and it seems as if the look is going to change because you know up till now he's been kind of I described off air as like the Hawkeye look, you know, with the kind right. of tight vest and the and the goggles on, um, much more. Playboy-y, much more you know uh hip, like kind of not hip but you know that kind of modern looking mm-hmm. character on the cover on the you know the cover they've released of JLA he's in the hood he's got the beard it's much he, more Robin Hood yeah he looks more that. like yeah. classic uh green arrow um and uh you know he he, he mentioned you know Denny O'Neill as a uh, inspiration, that's a hell of a
2: touch. That's the Green Arrow, uh, Green Lantern issue, right?
1: The 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 team up books, uh, right. right? That were very much about social change and yeah, all those kind of very, things.
2: Very right? very political, mm-hmm. social, just wonderful books. Uh, Wow, if, that, if that's his vibe for that, no, no. Sorry to say, vibe. <laughs> Let me take that back. all right If that's his thrust on that book, that's brilliant. Now that's the way to go for it.
1: I mean, he, he's also, uh, you know, mentioned uh, uh, a couple other stories. Uh, Mike Grell's Longbow Hunters. That's a
2: great mini series. And, uh, Very brutal, though. By the way, yeah. Before you pick anyone wants to pick that up, mm-hmm. some nasty stuff happens there. And a couple of years ago, Andy Diggle and
1: uh, Jock did uh, Green Arrow Year One. Uh, I didn't see that one. He, these are the things he kind of mentioned as his, you know, touchstones for his run on <laughs> Green Arrow. And of course, because he's Jeff Lemire, he talked about you know the family dynamic, the father and son aspect of it. Um, um Roy, we're gonna see Roy. You know, Roy is in. Uh, uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws he is uh, Arsenal I guess is his right. name
2: that's a, his new codename yeah
1: yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna show up or not but they haven't ruled anything out or anything that yeah, um, must
2: be where he's gonna go
1: so uh, Steve are you gonna be picking up Green
0: Arrow now
2: you know I am <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I would buy anything that he that he writes I love him I think he's groovy
1: he said that you know groovy uh,
0: uh, did he's still a, doing shaggy from the other <laughs> oh, I'm still thinking about the vibe okay
1: <laughs> That uh Didio approached him uh a while ago about this and he said and he mentioned on the show when he was here, he said, I'm working on a character right now who I never thought I would I would have any interest in doing and he said he but in this interview with Comic Resources he talked about how he found something really great in the character and he he's really, really excited to take it over. Um I mean this is obviously this is the most mainline superhero book he's done, you know. Yeah. Um and it's going to be interesting to see what he, what he does with the character. You know, th- what I've read of The Green Arrow Run right now, um, both writers, uh, Dan Jurgens was doing it first, and now it's Ann Senti, It's been fine. You know, it hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been great. So if Lemire can take that next step and really make it something special,
2: uh,
0: that will be. Will you have had to read? The one through 16? I don't think so.
2: No, I okay. doubt it. I don't. I don't think so at all. You're probably better off going back to Kirby's originals from the 50s. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'd be no, knowing Lemire. To, he's um, going to drift all the way back yeah.
0: to read the inspirational stuff. Yeah, and then move into his stuff. That would
2: the be really cool. Adams O'Neill stuff is all collected in trades, and yeah. those are wonderful.
1: Yeah, and I, I know the Longbow Hunters is as well because I remember <laughs> yeah. I was in. I think I was in like uh, Barnes and Noble, and I saw a trade of it. Yes. Um mm. and year one is obviously too that wasn't that long ago okay. so if you want to read those things I'd say probably check them out I'm definitely gonna check them out because Amazon exactly <laughs> um they also released obviously you guys can't see it but they released a, uh, a black and white image
0: of what the book's gonna look like yep uh by oh, there was so. also there was another black and white with him
2: and Swamp Thing yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Think it's about a little that. arrowish in terms of the TV
1: yeah well I mean it's obviously you know they want to keep everything kind of on model. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: the show's awful,
1: but they asked him about it, and he said he obviously, you know, they has, they don't really reflect on each other too much as far as content goes, but you know, just look, just look, yeah. But he is wearing a mask again, Arrow doesn't wear a mask, I can't just, see that from there, okay. yeah. There's definitely a mask on, um, because oh, okay. it's black and white, you can't really tell it's a mask, but uh, yeah, he's wearing a mask, um, so that's pretty awesome. Um, we also, uh Marvel announced that Joshua Hel is going to be writing uh, uh an alpha five issue miniseries. So the character that was, you know, Spider Man's sidekick for a couple issues, um, who lost his powers, mm-hmm. um, is going to get his own miniseries. Uh we t- talked about Fialkov before.
0: Yeah, I so, mean I, I wasn't crazy about that character, but yeah. I if he's writing it, I'll at least give it an issue, mm-hmm. you know, and, and see if, if he can do it, you know, some justice. Yeah. Um He's good. So, you know, I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed. it. I did not expect to. Masters of the Universe was really fun. Mm-hmm. So if you can take that and apply it to a character that I'm otherwise not fond of and make me <laughs> fond of them, then I welcome yeah. it. So we'll see. Um, Bob,
1: during the before we were talking about Hurricane stuff and you wanted to bring something up, we kind of skirted over it. So oh, if you want to bring okay. it up now.
2: Yeah, oh, um, the other day in my store, Kathleen David, Peter David's wife, came into the store to buy her copy of Amazing Spider-Man. And mentioned that J.K. Woodward, who had drawn uh, Fallen Angel for Peter and is now doing the Star Trek Doctor Who crossover, had lost his home in Hurricane Sandy and most of his original art. Wait, Peter David or? No, J.K. Woodward. Oh, wow. And so he's selling hurricane relief prints. Oh, wow. On his website. And that's jkwoodwardart.blogspot.com. I bought a wonderful JSA print for him. It's 11 by 17. Oh, wow. Uh, Signs. It that's fifteen dollars,
0: mm-hmm. huh?
2: All right. And if it helps somebody put itself together in the wake of this, Adam Hughes has also got some stuff up online. The, the comic community is coming together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen tweets. I've seen um, like organizations set up all over the place. Um, people are really coming together. There's been a lot of um, out of state help too, which has been awesome. People driving in from out of state to just to drop stuff off. It's been pretty incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. On a more serious note.
2: Yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's always- so, uh, no, sorry to have laid an egg in the middle of that. But no, okay, it's th- a- thank you very much though. I wanted to It's obviously it's not sort of the, No, it's yeah. not
1: an egg at all. I mean, it's it's pertinent and it's something that should be, you know, out there. Um so having back uh, onto news, uh speaking of Marvel now, I didn't even have this up before, but they announced oh. two new teasers, uh oh. the last two teasers. Great, two more books to buy. Which are uh, <laughs> you know, uh Bun who uh, has been doing Deadpool and he's moving on to other stuff now. It's a Fearless is the is the teaser it, the thing that's going to bring back uh uh the fear itself the fearless that mini series oh. that happened they're going to get their own uh, ongoing series mm. that he'll be writing. And the last one which was a surprise to a lot of people is uh was uncanny and it's Bendis and uh, I forgot the artist uh Buchalo or something Ooh, is, is the artist. Nice. Uh yeah. Um so and it has a red line through the uncanny. So they're figuring it's either Uncanny X Men or it's some sort of Cyclops like a solo book or something. So we don't know what it is yet. Hmm. We don't know if it's just an, uh, they're bringing back Uncanny X Men, um, which is obviously one of their biggest you know name recognition books. So it was weird that they were ending that in the first place. Um, obviously replacing with all new X Men. So we're gonna see what happens with that. I mean, obviously. The the track of Uncanny X Men that's been happening lately, the whole Extinction Team thing, and the you know the Utopia Island, it, it's got to change because of where Cyclops is and everything that's going to happen. So I don't know. we don't
2: know what it is yet. Cyclops on the run with the with the team of his own,
1: maybe yeah. You know maybe it's Uncanny Cyclops, maybe it's Uncanny X Men,
2: right, the kid from prison from Shenanigans.
1: Yeah yeah. Maybe we we don't know, but um, that's not till February. So I, I, you know, I'm sure we'll get the announcement of what mm-hmm. it is soon. But it, that book is not till um, February. So Shaman sequences. <laughs> I found that book to actually be pretty entertaining. I, I like the small nature of the conversations and stuff. Yeah,
0: which is it's talks. Um, Kai, um, a bit of news. Yeah, what's sure. up? Um, because we we didn't touch on it before, just so everybody's not wondering where she is. Mm. Uh <laughs> Stephanie, hello, cookie, is still very much with us, yeah. but is still very, 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 very busy. She yeah. is a very busy, very hip. Uh, (laughs) young woman Mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes she doesn't have time for us no I'm kidding Um, but seriously no she's good she's fine Uh, she's out gallivanting and she will be with us hopefully she's got a lot of trips coming up in the next few weeks Uh, we're going to try to get Rob back on the show when we can Um, but just so you guys know she's good she's cool and yes part of our family still part of our family and why she wasn't here is just because she's doing other stuff
1: well i mean yeah she's got personal stuff she has to take care of so we're gonna yeah yeah. she is definitely still very much part of our team yes um so a couple other things um uh orky uh robert orksey and robert kurtzman confirmed that there's gonna be a lock and key film trilogy boy in the works um obviously it was supposed to be a, a pilot uh, and it got uh, turned down, even though it got a lot of acclaim from people who saw it. Um, what do
0: you think of this, Steve? Because you've read some Lock and Key, right? I read one issue. Okay. Um, but I have a ton of it. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Um, no, I I love the concept of Lock and Key. Mm. I think that it makes... It's going to be a trilogy, right? Yeah. So they said, yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. Uh, please do it now. Um, no, I, knowing who writes it and knowing, knowing the, the potential for it and knowing that we can now make, um, comic book movies that might take chances that strike even from the one issue that strikes me as something that, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to give, I'd be curious to see what they do with it because that's a very, um, adult oriented book. Mm-hmm. Just from the the violence and the the horror and the blood and the vibe of it and everything. Yeah. That if they end up going like the PG thirteen route, which they probably will because of the comic fans, um, they have two mm-hmm. choices. They could either create a really sick horror trilogy from the son of Stephen King, mm-hmm. hello, <laughs> or you can do the bring the kids. Or, you know, after school, come and check out Lock and Key from Stephen King's, you know, own Mm. progeny,
2: blah, blah, blah. And just. As if it's Goosebumps or something.
0: Right. I'm not saying that it'll be bad because, I mean, Insidious was PG-13 and that was the first movie to scare the shit out of me in a long time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was very good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It it can be done, but I'm just saying with an R rating, you have a little bit more wiggle room Mm -hmm. to do, to make it more intense. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and it strikes me as something that would be very intense and very, um, almost horror fantasy Mm -hmm. just because of the nature of this, this house that has all these different doors that each time you open them, there's a different, you know, scenario or world or outcome or whatever. Um, it's just, it's a huge, they could create an entire universe, especially with a trilogy. Yeah. You get like, you know, two hours and 15 minutes Times three, you could really do a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you've,
1: you've read one issue. I haven't read any of it, and Bob, you haven't read any Nothing, of it either. No. So I don't know what the horror in it like deserves as far as rating goes. You know, I don't know if it's gore
0: or if it's just more, it's, you know, supernatural stuff. It's it's violent. It's it's the the issue that I read was like it was home invasion. Mm-hmm. So it was very intrusive. Ooh, yeah, it was very you know gangsters that are you know they're just they're looting they're they're committing crime for the sake mm-hmm. that they, they they love it it's not like they're doing it because they need to make ends meet right. they're they're into it mm-hmm. almost like um like the drugies from Clockwork Orange mm-hmm. where they go into this house and they're like you know they're grabbing the sister yeah. they're going to rape the sister they're going to you know but kind of like dark shadows um you know the family they they have a history. they're they're an established family. They know the house, so they they know they're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. so they kind of flip it. But, um, it's just you could you could really, really go. Very dark, almost like, um, like a, um, not love, well, maybe even last love, house on the left or not even last house on the left, but um, like in the mouth of madness, uh, Lovecraftian kind of, oh. kind of way, yeah. Well, so, what, I mean, one of the so, volumes is called Welcome to Lovecraft, there you go. So, ah, that's yeah. the first, I think that's the first, the first volume uh, trade, yeah, Tra- trade, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's like I said, it's got potential to go in a lot of places, um, and they don't need the R rating, but it. it it if something like that that is horror oriented freaks me out a little bit mm-hmm. because i've seen what they've done with some of the more horror oriented characters and i just i want somebody to take that risk i want somebody to create like think about it that there's like an honest to god mm-hmm. horror trilogy that's based off of a comic book that actually scared the shit out of you and had quality writers and directors and was, you know, helmed well all the way through, that would be awesome. Count uh, me in. i well,
2: have my theater money
0: right But well, what there. do we have now? We have Saw, and we have Paranormal Activity is like the new Saw, you yeah. know? And yeah. I'm not... I, I, I haven't... I've only seen Paranormal Activity 1, but I'm just saying, like, it's just enough already. Have something that is of a high caliber. Well, I mean, the, the thing
1: about that is, like, I, I think when you get into series the problem is especially with horror series is that at a point the thing isn't scary anymore because you've seen it a thousand times you know so there have been great individual horror movies that have come out you know over the last you you mentioned insidious
0: insidious was absolutely scared the shit out of me you
1: know um and again that's a pg-13 movie like I I personally think that and this movie came out a while ago but the American remake of The Ring I think is really intense and scary that's a PG-13 movie you know Mm -hmm. so I think you can do it with the right director you know I think an R rating while I think it helps a lot of the time you know you look at those like you look at the Friday the 13th remake you look at the Nightmare on Elm Street remake those are all R rated movies And and terrible and they're not good you know so the R rating doesn't necessarily guarantee you something that's visceral and scary you know, just means you can have some nudity and some blood. You right, know, but so. it's it like, gives what, you
2: more latitude for mood because the whole yeah. thing with Del Toro wanting to do at the Mountains of Madness, yeah. Universal squashed the whole thing mm-hmm. because he couldn't guarantee them a PG-13 cut. Yeah. In a movie with all male actors yeah, and no real violence, mm-hmm. Right, he couldn't guarantee that the, the ratings board wouldn't say the mood is so dark and oppressive yeah. that it's not going to get an R anyway despite right. no cuss words because it's set in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Right. So having the latitude to do it and then pull back with a couple of cuts.
1: Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm not I'm not saying it shouldn't be R. Like, again, oh, like, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I haven't read it, so I'm they not. They can
0: do it either way. I'm just yeah. saying if you're going to go PG-13, stuff like, you know, The Ring or Insidious or yeah. even, uh, I don't know what The Innkeepers
1: was rated. I'm not it. sure either. Yeah. But
0: um, it's just you. you can do a lot with it through mm. mood and yeah. through, you know, your director and your editing and stuff like that. But I mean you you know that sometimes they get their hands on something mm-hmm. and it just turns into something that you walked away from and you're kinda like oh this is kinda yeah. stupid. I mean it's
1: it's funny too because you know, you watch things like, like American Horror Story. Ugh. Like that thing
0: is in super intense mm-hmm. and that's on T V. It's also yeah, well, I, I I was really enjoying that show for a while, and then the, something happened in it that I I called like in the beginning, and it was they it was like the big reveal was something that they had already told you in episode two. They sh- they show you, and then there's this big reveal, and it was like, well, duh, and I was like, this is the stupidest. Fucking thing, ever. but I'm
1: talking about just tone and the things yeah. they do on that show are very intense, and they're even graphically sexual. You know, a, a lot yeah, of times, the guy in the gym, yeah, the, uh,
0: the school shooting,
1: yeah, holy shit, so intense, and that's on TV. That's on at you know nine, ten o'clock at night. So you know they can there's a, there's a lot more. You know, maybe what people are calling like you know the downfall of society, but there's a lot more Of wiggle room <laughs> in the ratings now. Wiggle you know, wiggle people can wiggle wiggle get a, can get a, away with a lot more. So you have to really see, and I—I even just know people out there who read the Lock and Key. What do you think about a PG thirteen adaptation of it? Does it work? You know, what w- would it play? Because, again, like if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. So necessarily that what it seems like now won't even matter if it's a good movie. But
2: right, we all love PG and G movies. Exactly, so, yeah. you know.
1: But so I would really like to hear though about what those people think. Um, you know, info at TottenCountbooks.com of what they think about yeah. uh, this being a PG 13 adaptation. Um, more comic book new- movie news, and this will kind of lead into our next, the big story. Um, Matthew Vaughn has left X Men uh, Days of Future Past and has been replaced by Brian Singer, uh, director of yeah. X Men yeah. 1 and X Men 2. Bob, what do you think of this?
2: I think it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, as much as I love First Class, mm-hmm. And I want to see Vaughn make the movie he wanted with Magneto on the grassy knoll and changing the right. bullet that killed Kennedy. Bring Brian Singer back into this means I, to to me anyway. You're going to now link all these X Men universes mm-hmm. back together. You're going to have the rumor is that Famke Jansen is shooting something in Australia with with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, time travel allows Wolverine back into the X Men. Yeah. We're, we're going to go all this back. I think we'll see. An X-Men team we haven't seen before two years, three years down the road. Something really crazy is going to happen here, and I'm thrilled with that. Yeah.
0: What do you think? I'm excited about the movie, mm-hmm. but the announcement of the director does not excite me at okay. all. Um, I am not a fan of X-Men, X-Men United, whatever the hell. Was, X2. X2. Um, I think they were good. I think 2 was better than 1, and I have rewatched them recently, and I appreciated them more, but I still don't think that they're good representations of the characters I just I I think they are but it's not enough
1: well again it was before the placement of the time and the place the movie came out I know and I know I know
0: know all the arguments because we've talked about it before I just I still there are certain there are certain comic book movies that I'm really big fan of and then there are ones that I like them but I have hangups about them and those movies they don't excite me i don't get giddy with them like they're some of the newer marvel movies and Mm -hmm. i know it's it's a show of the times and stuff like that but i didn't leave i don't remember i saw all of them i think i didn't see the third one in the theaters Mm -hmm. but i I saw one and two and when i left i was like all right i wasn't like you know like oh man like you remember that part like i remember leaving the second movie. And all anybody talked about was the uh, nightcrawler scene in mm-hmm. the beginning when he's you know bamfing uh-huh. yeah yeah he's bamfing through the, the yeah. hallways yeah. In, in the White House, and we were like yeah that was awesome it was so cool man that happened in like the first five minutes, and that was it That's the opening scene about oh, so no. the Wolverine's,
1: Wolverine Death Strike the Wolverine yeah that fight is great and yeah. the Wolverine in the school when he finally yeah. like goes crazy that was that was like um, that one came out. Before Spider-Man Two, yes. I think right that that was the either that same summer before it or whatever. That was the first comic movie I left, going like like I was jazzed. I was like, just see Wolverine. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I, I had like the the feeling inside of me, you know, where
2: that was I, cool too. I don't I know. was sitting in the theater two rows behind Peter David, mm-hmm. and he and I chatted afterwards, and we were both kind of jazzing. Yeah. Everybody had a moment. Mm-hmm. Every character had something to do that that put you somewhere. And if we didn't have the phoenix from the phoenix saga, yeah. you had that same beat where, okay, I'm sacrificing myself for everybody mm-hmm. else. There's that phoenix effect in the water. We yeah. could have gone to that, yeah. except they cheated and yeah. cheaped themselves out eventually. I, 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 think, I think X2 was pretty special.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, my problem with the X-Men movies is, I mean, Cyclops gets shortchanged in
2: those yeah. movies. Well as he does in the books now. Yeah,
1: yeah. But even at that point and, it, and it, that's even an actor that Brian Singer loved. He loved, yeah. you know, um James Mars and but he just couldn't Sabretooth in the first one. Well Sabretooth... but the first, to me the to me, the first one, I don't love the first one. I think the first yeah. one the but the first X Men movie was really the first big superhero movie where you are like, Wow, they actually kind of did the thing that that happens yeah. in the books, you know? You know, they they but again those days they didn't want to show people flying they didn't want to they were you know they didn't want the costumes they were kind of scaling mm-hmm. everything back and back and back and back and back the first movie has a lot of problems i think the second movie has problems as well but when you start out the fr- second movie with nightcrawler literally bam thing like the, the noise is <laughs> a bam you know around the white house doing all that crazy stuff you know you hadn't you hadn't seen that before mm-hmm. you know um, you look at it in comparison to now and yeah going the marvel movies that are happening now they get it much more no, they than those movies it, they did. They blow it away, yeah, completely. But you listen to Brian Singer talk about those movies and the stuff he wanted to do with those movies. Fox didn't even want to make the X Men movie. Like they, th- that movie was the budget was like fifty million dollars. Like they didn't want to make it. They were just like, this movie's going to not make any money. It'll, it'll, it'll make sixty million dollars. It'll, you know, whatever. They were shocked by how much money it made. And even on the second one, after the first one, it made all that money they didn't want to give Brian Singer a lot of money. Brian Singer wanted to do Sentinels in the second movie and they wouldn't let yeah. him do it, you know? And then he wanted to do a two-movie Phoenix saga and to be fair, it was kind of Brian Singer's fault a little bit. He was like, look, I want to go direct Superman. This is like my dream thing to direct. And they and Fox was like, well, we're not waiting for you. We're going to make X-Men 3. Mm-hmm. And the series went off a cliff until Matthew Vaughn, yes. who was supposed to direct X-Men 3 ori- and originally made First Class. So... It's been a long road, but Brian Singer's a great director. Usual suspects, obviously. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited he's taken back over. If it wasn't going to be Matthew Vaughn, I'm excited that it's Brian Singer. At
0: it's least sl- it's not Brett Ratner. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you exactly. Uh, can go make Rush Hour 4. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: it's obvious, too, that this is going to really, with Mark Millar taking over you know, the kind of Kevin Feige role or the Joss Whedon role mm-hmm. with Fox with their Marvel properties... I think this bodes well for their their Marvel movie universe, yeah. um, and I'm really. I want to see. Thing is, like, I want to see Hugh Jackman as Wolverine wearing the fucking yellow costume with the with, with the, the big
0: the big pointy e- mask ear yeah. mask yeah. thing.
1: That's what I want to yeah. see.
0: You know. You think they're gonna do that?
1: I think the, I think they'll do it. I, yeah. I think at this point, if you can have Chris Evans running around in a red, white, and blue. You know, as Tony Stark yes. calls it spangly outfit. You know, you can you have Thor wearing what he's wearing. You can certainly have them in their yellow. And in X Men First Class, they do the yellow costumes. Yeah. There's just no Wolverine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can bring Cyclops back in. I think that doing folding these things together, I think will really, I think, make for a pretty special movie. Um, now, this leads us into the last story, which. Happened like right smack middle Of this hurricane thing And we got an email Obviously from a listener And I just want to Read out real quick um, uh, This is from Adam And he he sent us a link to this And it's the link to Disney buying Lucasfilm For uh, four billion dollars um, And he says Now I know what you're saying We were burned with episode one But if Disney can do what they did For Marvel to Star Wars We might have some new movies To be proud of I'm excited for this Could it be the Thrawn trilogy Which is a series of books That were written. Um, maybe a new trilogy set years after Return of the Jedi with Luke's kid and Luke as the Obi-Wan type character running the Jedi Academy. I know this news isn't popular with a lot of the fans out there and I understand episode one was a giant letdown beyond words but I have more hope for this one. For one, it's completely out of George's hands. Also, Disney has a pretty good track record with Marvel. I know I went to see John Carter but I was surprised of how good it was. I'll stay excited until I hear something I don't like. Until then, this is awesome news. Um, and the reason this ties into our last story is because when Matthew Vaughn left X-Men First Class uh, two weeks ago, wherever it was, people were very confused because he'd been on the movie the entire time. They said there was some sort of scheduling conflict, but they did not say what it was. Um, and now the news comes out about this, and he is now the frontrunner to direct the next Star Wars movie. Um, so before we get into that, though, Bob, let's start with you. Disney buying Lucasfilm... Three new Star Wars movies planned. What do you think?
2: It can't be any worse <laughs> than what they just did with those other three, which are horrible. The uh, first... Uh, uh, I'm going I'm to compose myself and not go into a rant here, but if you're going to invalidate one of the greatest dramatic moments in movie history, Luke, I'm your father, by trying to tell me the story that leads up to it, which is just such a misstep Mm -hmm. for my money. Mm -hmm. Let's do episode seven. Right. I mean, George made, produced, because he only directed one, two and a half really good movies. Mm -hmm. You know, Jedi runs off a cliff. I don't want to see effing Ewoks. (laughs) I don't want to see... It's Muppet Dance Party. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want to see Darth Vader excused for, for you know, massacring billions of people. It's all just crap. Mm-hmm. He lost his own way. With he, Great idea man, puts a lot of things together, brilliant technician, mm-hmm. lousy director, lousy writer. Let's move forward. Let's give other people a chance who might be better able to do the right thing here. So I'm all for this. I think it could be a lot of fun. For
1: those who are saying and a lot, this happened a lot on Twitter once it you know got announced we're being like, "Oh my god, now we can finally get the original movies on Blu-ray, you know, the original cuts." Di- Marvel, uh, Disney has no rights to the distribution <gasps> of
2: the first se- uh, the first six attack. movies. Okay, that's too the, bad.
1: Yeah, you no, know, those movies still squarely belong to Fox as far as distribution. Now, I will say the only hope for that though is that the main person behind the, not releasing the original films was George, George Lucas. Yeah. Fox does not give two shits About which cut They're releasing yeah. of the movies And in fact They probably Now you might see it Because they might like, go Wow we can make a lot of money From people who don't Have the original cuts And want them So you might You might see that um, Steve what do you think About this though
0: Well I am excited <laughs> um, I love Disney Yeah I absolutely love Disney They uh, They pay my bills To an extent Because <laughs> I write about them All the time If they did not make such uh great animated films and live action films um i would not have a job so yay um <laughs> i think that it's a it's a brilliant move i mean it's 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 a it's a huge thing the fact that they're acquiring all these great properties marvel and mm-hmm. you know lucas now and then uh what's the third one
1: well they have pixar they bought pixar a couple of years ago No, oh, great yeah well um
0: the pixar then runs well, but yeah, well, yeah. Well,
1: basically, Pixar bought Disney, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you can say what you want. I mean, there's always there's always, you know. People have things with Disney. Disney does their production values of their projects are spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody in the game was to get their hands on the Lucas Star Wars properties, and it doesn't have to stop at Star Wars, it could there could be a new Indiana Jones. There can. Yes, Like, how awesome would that be? Mm -hmm. There could be a new Willow. Yeah. Oh! (laughs) There could be a new Howard the Duck. The return of Mad Well, they have Marvel and Lucasfilm. So, yeah. So, yeah. um, No, I I, seriously, I could not be more excited. Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to put their hearts into it and Mm -hmm. get their best talent on it because they're going to want it to be successful. Mm -hmm. They're going to want it to be good. And Disney has a really good habit of not only listening to their fans, they know their audience, but they the people that they bring onto these teams, they are some of the most talented people in the business. Mm -hmm. The special effects you know, people were trying to tell me like the special effects of Phantom Menace and Clone War, like, oh my God, you see Mm -hmm. that's gonna that's gonna look like you know, Atari graphics compared to what Disney will a do. Brand, well, to be a fair, a Brad Bird
2: Star Wars movie. To
1: be well, that'd be great. But yeah. to be fair, I mean, Disney's purchase of Lucasfilm includes ILM. They bought ILM, which is mm-hmm. the special effects wizard. Mm-hmm. I mean, ILM is the best special effects house in, in the entire world. Obviously, they they whatever you think of the quality of the Transformers movies, it looks like there are real fucking giant robots walking around, yeah. and that you know, and they made those. They did all the, they did the effects on Harry Potter movies. You know, they, they're the big the big time shit, and so. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting collection of stuff. I will say this. The the assertion that this will be similar to the Marvel situation is a little bit off, I think. Because Marvel came Marvel came in, they were bought, they were already a studio. They were running the way they were running. It's not like they changed oh. leadership. You know, Kevin Feige kept up what he was doing. Marvel was going to make the Avengers, whether they had Disney or not. Yeah, you it was know? more
2: distribution than production. Yeah,
1: it was going to be that movie. So... It's not like the the Marvel people are coming in to run Lucasfilm. Kathleen Kennedy is going to run Lucasfilm. She's a great producer. She's been producing for years and years and years. That's under good stewardship. I I think just purely the fact that George Lucas will not be directing or writing the movies, (laughs) and I'm not saying that to be a troll or to be mean, is going to change the quality of those films. There are a whole generation of filmmakers and writers who their biggest influence in in their entire professional careers is Star Wars. You know, and they have never got a chance to touch th- that property. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what's going to happen. Now, you know, like Matthew Vaughn grew up watching Star Wars. I guarantee you, he did. You know, whoever's going to write these movies, I guarantee you, is going to be a huge Star Wars fan. Um And I think Disney, just like you know, with Marvel, you let the people who love and respect the property make it. You know, I think to a point, George Lucas obviously loved and respected Star Wars. It was his baby. He created it. It made him the person that he is as far as financially. But I think at a point George Lucas got tired Of doing Star Wars
2: You know While he was doing them Yeah while he was doing them
1: You know I I think I I think the best Star Wars movie Is Empire Strikes Back Agreed Which doesn't George Lucas did not write Or direct You you know
2: I'm not saying anything
1: So um, No but George Lucas You said great ideas man Yeah The the special effects As we know them today Would not exist Without
2: George Lucas No I, I I'll claim the age card here. Sure. I grew up... Lucas is 10 years older than I am? I think so, that. Uh, reasonably yeah, something yeah. like that. We grew up in the same period, saw Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, and as a 21-year-old grown-up, mm-hmm. sitting in a theater and seeing Star Wars for the first time and seeing all those childish fantasies, not even like childish, childish things with terrible special effects played out mm-hmm. at that level with a great story and... And adventure and fun. And it mm-hmm. was just amazing. And I, Star Wars was a, a touchstone for a lot of people. Yeah. Empire was better. Yeah. If Star Wars was for eight-year-olds, Empire was for 14 and 15-year-olds. Right. Deeper storyline. Mm-hmm. And then he regressed. And then it was about selling toys and T-shirts and right. games and made a lot of money. Yeah. Created ILM from all that money yeah, and all yeah. the rest of it, but Skywalker I think, Sound and all these. But like, right. I think he lost the filmmaking bug somewhere in there.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I honestly think that George Lucas, you know, was never meant to be a writer and a director. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think he was always meant to be this ideas man, this producer, this you know, this visionary. When it comes to, you know, you watch these documentaries about Star Wars and you look at the stuff he did on the first one, on the second one, he was not willing to just rest on his laurels. He wanted to be able, you know, you look at the ships in the first movie and they're moving on a straight line, you know, and he he didn't want that. He wanted the the Million Falcon to be able to dip and and, and turn and fly in between things and for it to be this spectacle and get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I I think at a point, what happened was he took all that time off. He then decided to make the prequels. And in a lot of ways, instead of recapturing kind of the, because Star Wars looks amazing, but there's also this pioneering aspect to it where there are things that are you know he's trying things he's extending himself he wants to be more than what's available and what happened to him I think with the prequels was everything was available you know it was I have all the money in the world I have all of these production houses at my well you know at my disposal CG is uh, is rampant everywhere and he just he went from it being about the joy of adventure to being let's explain everything you know yeah. And and it, to the point, though, where he also didn't even stick with those things, you know? He creates the midichlorian thing in the, in the first <laughs> movie, which is stupid. You know, it takes all the mystery out of it. It's this, the Force is this mystical, wonderful thing. And in the first movie, he's like, oh, it's something in your blood, you know? Um, but after that first movie, you don't hear a word about it after that because of all the backlash that came against it. So not only does he not have the same spirit as the originals, he doesn't have the confidence and, and, and the artistic integrity to stick with his vision, regardless. Because whether whatever you think of Episode One, because I don't think it's a very good movie, but it's a movie that has purpose and a movie that has an idea. You know, it, it, it's all about political trade organizations and you know, that, and a, a horrible performance by a kid. You know, <laughs> but it has an idea that's going for, and he abandons all of those things almost immediately. You know, and maybe that it doesn't develop into anything good, but it couldn't have been worse than what ended up coming. You know, that's true. And the one thing he did was squander a great Darth Maul's a great bad guy. It's a great design bad guy. He's a very imposing bad guy, and Gone. you kill him, you kill him off in the in the first movie. So again, getting away from George Lucas,
2: I, I think a Just, good thing. It's a great. I think it's a good idea.
1: Um, Steve, you recently rewatched them? I mean, it was not too recent, but when the, the Blu Rays came out,
2: marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah we had. Uh, yeah, we had, we watched <laughs> all six.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a journey. And what order did you watch them in? We watched uh, four through six, and then
2: uh, the prequels. Yes? No? No? No. I think because I came in halfway oh, no, we through didn't watch the from third one. One, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five, whatever. So right. I came into no. <laughs> yeah. And um, then I got to see no again. I'll say
0: this. I mean, I you know I only saw. Um, I think it was the. Uh, Clone Wars, yeah. is the second one. Um, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. I saw that in the theaters and I hated well, it because it's one of the worst. Movies I hated yeah. it. I hated it. the The scene of of uh, Padawan and uh, Anakin rolling around <laughs> in the flowers Ooh. and they're all just I was yeah. like, oh my god, uh, oh, like you know how you say how like you know if you know, if they make a new comic book run, nobody's gonna come to your house and burn your other copies. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that with that scene that they had <laughs> like personally invaded my skull and stabbed me in the brain and uh-huh. stabbed my memory of the movies. Uh it was it is that that was it is that bad. Um but I mean I'm not the biggest Star Wars guy, period. Mm. Um I think they're wonderful movies um, I, I I recognize and I respect their place in in you know the culture, um. But I never invested myself mm-hmm. in it. I never bought one of the you know ridiculously named comics that we announced a <laughs> week. Uh, although the Brian Wood, yeah, I will I will check. That Just out. called Star Wars. Yep. Well, that helps right away, <laughs> yeah. right? Um. No, I mean I enjoy I enjoy the property. Like I I, I said I I like Disney. I do. I like them. I like a lot of their live action movies. Even some of their kiddier, stupider films, I've seen them. I, I've seen the game plan. <laughs> and, you know, like, or whatever. And they're just, there's some kind of uh, wholesome quality, but also a, a, a quality, like I said, a production of special mm-hmm. effects and mm-hmm. just... Genuine moments that make their movies—it has like that that seal of quality, stamp of quality on it, or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Disney Star Wars sounds awesome. <laughs> I haven't watched any of uh, the Clone Wars television
1: show. I heard that that's great, but I hear it's great. You know, and you know, I just I think that for a lot of people our age and older, like all the way up. Who grew? Who you know saw Star Wars? Grew up with it, or watched it when they were 20, or mm. whatever. It's been sullied a little bit in our eyes. You know, it's been thrown in our face countless times, released and re-released and re-released again, and you know, a string of bad movies and and a, and a lot of other stuff. And I, I feel like my excitement when I heard this n- news was not as big as it I, I expected it to be because I'm just a little burnt out. But you know, if if they're good, that'll be. Great. I remember sitting down um, in episode three And just sitting there and being like Just please be cool Like that's all I wanted You know And it was I mean there were moments uh, yeah. It has moments But in the end It just did not You know Equal itself
2: now, I'm completely burnt out Yeah Some on Lucas Some on fans Who've just embraced All the horrible additions to it Who still think they're great mm-hmm. And you you can't Parse the sentence With those people mm-hmm. they're, they're great Love what you love uh, yeah. don't proselytize this is a reset this is hitting the reset button so let, let's yeah. give one shot <laughs> uh, one shot and one shot only
1: <laughs> I mean we'll see what happens director, cast, we don't know what the story is yet I'm interested if they do it, I think it'll be tough for them to do you know those characters recast you know if they, if they decide to do a couple of years after Jedi and it's you know they can't obviously can't have Mark Hamill and and Harrison Ford and Carrie do Fisher. Twenty best.
2: years passed.
1: They could. I mean, yeah. they could do that, or thirty years past at this point. But they could do that, and they could just have like their kids or whatever, you know. But who knows? Maybe, maybe the choice of just, you know, getting the balls and just recasting those characters. Maybe that's the right thing to
2: do, you know. It worked for Star Trek.
1: It did work for Star Trek, and that's the only reason. Since that movie came out, that's the only reason I think it's even possible. Yeah. Because at that point. And I love that movie that my point even going to that movie even though I was excited about it was there's no other people who have ever played these parts. you know It happens yeah. you know, parts get recast, people get changed. Those characters were defined by those people and similar with Star Wars. but I mean we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, so one more listener question. Um, this is from Mark. He says, "Hey guys, just discovered your podcast and I love it. I was wondering if you could give me some advice. I've been out of comics for a while and've been thinking about getting back in. I'm interested in the new Marvel reboot and the upcoming Jim Lee Superman book. I've also subscribed to the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited and been checking out graphic novels from the library. There is so much content out there. I want to try to narrow my focus and not waste my time or entertainment dollar. I'm kind of lost and looking for a springboard back into comics. Any suggestions, Marvel, DC, or any other, would be greatly appreciated. Wow. Um. Well, I think that he's you know he's coming back at a good time. You know, you're going to get a lot of these characters that you've. You've, you know, this tomorrow we have Iron Man number one, you know, we're going to be having Captain America number one, Thor number one, mm-hmm. you know, coming out, uh, Avengers number one. Mm-hmm. So these are book, books that you're going to be able to,
2: you know, read and, and at least jump on
1: in, in that point. Right,
2: and we're looking also at trades of all the things that just led to them. Was, so yeah. you can pick up the AVX and get yeah. the thread of where we're all at. Yeah.
0: Right. Um, two trades that I just want to point out really quick, if you're looking for anything more, uh, more independent uh saga and mind the gap yeah both uh just had trade paperbacks released only ten dollars mm-hmm. a piece yeah, i gotta um, pick
2: that saga up tomorrow <laughs>
0: absolutely there's one at tour right on top of the shelf. <laughs> okay good Thank um, you. remind me tomorrow i will yeah. so yeah um those are books that have been spectacular and for for ten dollars for the first arc to set you mm. up um, those are must reads if you're looking for something outside of, you know, DC, more of the independent, the image, uh, line, as far as, uh, Marvel, I mean, obviously new things are starting, but we don't know, we haven't read any of the new stuff. Right. So as much as that's like probably the best jumping on point that you could get right now, um, there's plenty of stuff that just ended that will be collected in trades and will be available probably very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we were saying, if you're at all into uh, Fantastic Four, uh, FF had just ended, and if you want to, you want to read something like that. Um, it's complicated. It's hard to get into, but once you catch the rhythm of it, once you keep yeah. reading it, you will. It's one of the biggest as a as a relatively only a year and change of reading religiously every week as a relatively new reader. Uh, FF has been, in my personal experience, the biggest payoff of a series from one to the end. Um, just really, really, really satisfying and leaves you feeling like you were talking about your money and your dollar. Every dollar that I spent on those books where I would pay double for the experience that I got from that series. Mm
2: -hmm. Now I would add then just because Matt Fraction is going to do fantastic four, and from all accounts, we'll go all the way back into their history mm-hmm. for the character interactions and the storylines. That could be a book that branches out for you. You Read five issues and you we don't know yet. But you may be able to hearken back to issues from 10 years ago, 15, 50 years ago. And then catch all of Marvel's history within mm-hmm. one book.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wade's Daredevil. Mark,
2: absolutely. Oh, absolutely.
0: Jump on that.
1: Um, and that same vein, I mean, his Hulk book is coming up pretty soon and I can't imagine that's not going to be good. I mean, I haven't yeah. read it, but if he's going the same tact as with Daredevil, um, Hawkeye is Absolutely. fantastic and Hawkeye is great because you don't even know anything about Hawkeye except for the fact that he shoots arrows really well. You know, that's the only thing you need mm-hmm. to know about Hawkeye
2: to read that book. Um, yeah. You know. Also on the Marvel front, I might even say Red She-Hulk though we've only seen the one so mm-hmm. far. But based on what Jeff Parker's done before, if you know something about the Hulk, I think she's going to be in that vein of what the Hulk was back then about, oh, it's anti-military and she doesn't want the super soldiers to him around. Mm-hmm. Could be fun and a fun yeah. way to reintroduce yourself i mean we talked about uh you know mark wade's doing cargo of
1: doom which is a rock rocketeer
2: well rocketeers i love the Rocketeer. you
1: know uh, um wade's pretty hot right now as far as taking over books he's doing steve mrs peel so so, hot right now yeah Uh,
2: which i didn't get to read this week and i'm really annoyed about
1: he's taking over green hornet so oh i didn't know that yeah so we're gonna see uh, what happens with that but he's a good writer to follow and you know, if you said you just found the podcast. If you haven't listened back yet, we had Joey Esposito on here, you know, many months ago now. He's the editor of IGN Comics and, you know, he said, follow creators, not characters, you know, so I'd say find some writers that you like. Like we always talk about Jeff Lemire and Scott Snyder, you know, Mark Wade, Jonathan Hickman, you know, these are people that you can follow. Matt Fraction, you know, find writers that their style speaks to you. Yeah. And go for them, like you know. Steve loves the Lunar Brothers. It yep. doesn't matter what their topic is; he just loves the Lunar Brothers. You know, so, I love their people exactly. Yeah. And that's I think that's what we've discovered more and more. I I, I'll, I can't speak for Steve, but for myself, is as we've gone along. Yeah, I love Spider Man, but if if it was bad and Dan Slott wasn't writing it, I probably wouldn't be reading it. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't just read Spider Man to read Spider Man if it wasn't any good. Um, you have to find writers that speak to you. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you know, find out. What styles you like? What types of thing you like? If you like dark stuff, like Lemire's is a really good writer for that. So is Snyder. Yeah. You know, um, severed, severed. Yeah, like uh, the, 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 the new Joker stuff that Snyder is doing is really dark and really twisted. If you don't like that kind of stuff, it's probably not your bag. You know, but if you do, then go for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'd say. I mean, find, but the, I mean, I, I hate even saying read Batman because. We say it every, I think like every time, but it's worth repeating. You know, these are books that you should be reading.
2: Sample while you're in the store. Yeah. If you're allowed to read something or go go to one of the the big Mm bookstores, sit down at one of those tables that Barnes and Noble sets out, grab a trade off the shelf. Yeah. Buy one of their coffee, sit there. They don't care. They made $4 on the coffee. Whether you buy a book or not, they (laughs) don't give a rat's ass. Read some books. Buy Animal Man.
1: Yeah, by, I'd say what? that too. If you're interested in a character like Green Lantern or Green Arrow or Batman or Spider Man or Fantastic Four, do a search on Google. Go best Fantastic Four stories, mm-hmm. and then go on Amazon and search for trades for those stories. You know, you, you have to wet your whistle somehow because, because for me, it's oh, it's about like it's about for me for comic books. This getting back into it was reading Batman, reading characters that I knew I would like getting into them and being like well what else is there
2: you know yeah. when were these stories told
1: well yeah right. it's an overwhelming amount of content that exists out there and if you right. try to tackle it all you're gonna get overwhelmed you're not gonna focus on anything and you're not gonna be able to really get your, your rhythm you know we started out just doing new 52 stuff and I think honestly looking back it was the best thing we possibly could have done yeah because we, we had a line of things we were reading we figured out what we liked what we didn't like and we were then we were able to branch out from there you know
0: yes we did yeah
1: by a, a lot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good advice. Um, but I'm really happy you found the podcast, and I'm glad that it's helping you out. And just so you know, on this podcast, if you're right into us, it's called the Scott Snyder Superman book. It's not called the Jim Lee Superman book. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. If you're going to write into this podcast, come on. Yeah. <laughs> we all know where our bread is buttered. All right. Um, <laughs>
2: Hi, Scott. Yeah. Five dollars. <laughs> Get out
1: of here. Uh, so.
0: Steve, it's gonna be a light week this week. You think? You got a butt that won't quit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, no, no, no. It's not. No, this is going to be um, this is going to be Heinz beans week. Is what this is going to be. Especially, I have no fucking refrigerator. All of my food ruined. Uh no. Yeah, I hope
2: you've thrown it away already. Uh, some of it. <laughs> some of it. Some. Of, what? Nine days later, it Dude, all goes. My
0: my house is less than 30 degrees you walk in you can see your breath that's okay. how fucking cold I it is I understand
2: that maybe if there's jelly in your refrigerator it's still good No I <laughs> threw out I threw out whatever I thought was suspect so I, th- I think that
0: whatever's left in there... If it was
2: growing mold, no, you look, throw it out.
0: I can deal with funk. I, I have a past with funk. I can deal with funk. The first thing I'm going to do when I get my electricity back is do a fucking dance. After the dance, I'm going to take a hot shower. After the hot shower, I'm going to clean the shit out of my refrigerator yeah. with all kinds of disinfectant, and I've already got one of those face masks, nice. so I don't have to breathe the funk in. And then I just... <laughs> Uh yeah no Bobby it's not going to be a light week because <laughs> no. there's lots of Marvel Now books are starting today mm-hmm. uh lots of stuff that I'm excited to read and um it's just the list it gets bigger every single week <laughs> because there this is just it's a it's an industry and it's an entertainment medium that just has a lot of talented people in it whether it's writers or artists I like a little bit of all of it. <laughs> all right, so let's see. Uh, Here we go. Boom Studios starting it off. We have the trade paperback
1: of Adventure Time, Volume 1. Buy that. We have uh, <laughs> Clive Barker's Hellraiser, The Road Below, number 1. We have. Uh, <laughs> shrug. Free- shrug. Freelancers, number 1. We have Garfield, oh, that number looks cool, 7. Actually. Oh, yeah?
0: Yeah. And uh, Garfield.
1: Uh, Hypernaturals, number 5. Planet of the Apes, Cataclysm, number 3. Eh. So, fo- so far so good You're not really uh, you Oh, know, oh yeah. wait
0: till Wait till we get to Marvel dude It's gonna be All right.
1: ridiculous Alright so From Dark Horse Comics We have 47 Ronin Number one of five uh, We have Buffy the Vampire Slayer Willow Wonderland oh, Number sweet. one of five Yay. Uh, <laughs> Colder Number one of five Who? Maybe Colder Like colder Burr. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> I
2: expect an X-Files kind of thing huh? no. My house, house. But um. Yeah. Nice. Uh,
1: Criminal Macabre, They Fight by Night, one shot. Sweet. Um, and uh, I like that series. <laughs> I didn't know it was a series. Rage More, hardcover. Uh, from DC Comics, we have Action Comics number 14, Animal Man number 14, Batwing <laughs> number 14, Before Watchmen Moloch number one of two. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Detective Comics number 14. Uh mm-hmm. No the the last one was really good. Yeah. The new the new team Jason Fabook. book. I don't know if I got it. The guy who I uh, did the, the team the Chew team is doing the book now.
0: Oh oh the Penguin yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. it was it was okay okay yeah. I remember yeah that it's one like a mystery mis- yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was better mm-hmm. it wasn't like I didn't thrill me too much but it was better.
1: Um we have Dial H number six yeah. Earth two number six, <laughs> 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 Ferris number nine, uh, GI Combat number six. Green Arrow number fourteen. May have to try that. Well, that's that's not the start yet. He starts oh, at number seventeen. Then I won't bother. Uh, <laughs> Green Lantern oh, number fourteen. <laughs> Yay! Um, I'm a Green Lantern fan now. Legends of the Dark Knight number two. Sweet. Um, we have uh, Smallville season eleven number seven. Gag. Stormwatch number fourteen. Neither of you guys have read the Smallville book, so you don't know if it's any good or not.
2: I watched the show. It was
1: gag. I know, but still, so the book is gag. Brian Q. Miller. Who did that? Care. That uh oh, back background run. Yeah, that's right. Semi-round like. background. It's, it's
2: Gak. Um <laughs> it's today's word of the day.
1: Stormwatch number fourteen, Swamp Thing number fourteen, Yer. sweet tooth number thirty-nine, yes. and uh, World's Finest number six. Hooray. Uh Dynamite, we have Flash Gordon Zeitgeist number seven, Garth uh, Ennis's Battlefields number one, Garth Ennis's Jennifer Blood, number nineteen pathfinder number
2: three not by garth ennis uh
1: no shadow number seven warlords of mars dejah thoris number 18 um from idw we have danger girl gi joe number four (laughs) we have gi joe number 19 love and capes what to expect number four of six magic the gathering the spell thief number four mars attacks number five Pop number seven. Oh, um, pound pound ghouls night out number three. <laughs> uh, Star Trek the Next Generation Hive number two. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles color classics number six,
0: <laughs>
1: and Transformers Regeneration one number oh, eighty five. By the way, I wouldn't have guessed that one.
0: The new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. Awesome. I hear it's pretty awesome. Really? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's what I heard. Love it. That is what I heard.
1: Love it. Um, from Image, we have Creator Own Heroes number six. We have Epic Kill number six. Mm. We have Guarding the Globe number three. Mm. Harvest number four or five. Yeah. Manhattan Projects number seven. Nancy in Hell on Earth number four.
0: Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> from Nancy and Sluggo,
0: I think there's a series. With another one of that because Nancy gets her period in Hell. Oh really? So, oh so really? You know, look forward to that. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> Uh, Perhapenots, danger down under, number one. Wait, 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 wait. One more time with that. Perhapenots, danger down under, number one. <laughs> uh, Storm Dogs, number one of six. Super Dinosaur, number fifteen. Well, and Thought Bubble Anthology, number two. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> uh, from Marvel Comics. We have Age of Apocalypse, number nine.
2: Yeah. We
1: have Apocalypse. Avengers, number 33. Yeah. Avengers Academy, number 39, final issue. Yay. Um, we have Avenging Spider-Man, number 14. AVX Consequences, number five of five. You five. mean
2: shenanigans.
1: Daredevil, End of Days, number two of eight. Sweet. Deadpool, number one. Yay. Defenders, number 12, final which is the issue. final issue. Sweet. Um, we have no, Iron it's Man. not sweet that it's the final issue.
0: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all right. Iron
1: Man, number one. Yay. Um, New Avengers, number 32. Um, Road to Oz, number three of six. yeah! Scarlet Spider, number 11.
0: Yay.
1: Um, Space Knight, number two of three. Uncanny X-Force, number 33. X-Factor, number 246. Yes. And X-Men, number 38. Huzzah. <laughs> um, from Valiant, we have Shadow Man, number one. And uh, from Zenoscope we have... Uh, volume fly volume two the fall number One.
0: Oh my god <laughs> hooray <laughs> i've been waiting for that since last year the jeff goldblum fly no oh, okay. um fly was the real it's actually my favorite thing that Zenoscope's ever done um it's about it, the the drug that you inject it into yourself and it gives you the ability to fly and it oh. they be people become addicted to it and you try to take it away from the person that's addicted to it and they kind of go bat shit, and it's really good so i like wow. it a lot all right obviously so yeah you've been talking about that since like episode three yeah of the show <laughs> yeah no it's it's quality i mean find the
1: trade paperback it's really good very cool very very cool um so that is about it for our show i'm not forgetting anything you wanted to say right
2: yeah <laughs> but i'll i'll say it on the outro if there was such a well this is kind outro. of the outro but you can say it now Okay, I just don't want forget to, to vote. <laughs> don't forget to vote. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to vote. We have my Howard the Duck in '76 button, which mm-hmm. we'll we'll print a picture of. Uh, I just want to thank a couple of people who've written into me mm-hmm. over our last episode, our little radio play. Right. Yeah. So for those of you who didn't listen,
1: or maybe you saw it and you didn't know what it was, um, uh, obviously we didn't record episode last week because of the hurricane and. Uh, a couple of years ago now, a year ago, yeah. year and a half ago, uh, we did another podcast called Fanboy Remix, and for the 99th episode, 99th episode we did a radio play written by Bob that um, we were all in here, sitting at this table. I produced it, um, and we put it up. Uh, it's a uh, horror radio play. So if you guys haven't yeah. checked it out, check it out.
2: But go ahead, Bob. No, so uh, Dan Serpak and Ryan Carroll have both said very nice things, mm-hmm. even though one of them said, I'm shocked it was so good. I won't say <laughs> which one of them said that, but it, I was shocked it was so good too. So we're on the same page. But it, Bobby did such a great job, and Steve was a very creepy creature like in this in one. Place. Yes, you were very good in that, and I wasn't, but it all worked out anyway. But so no, you, you should fine. listen. Everybody it is, was fine. People should listen. It's more than they expect, I think. I, I would agree. All right. So, um, yeah, but
1: Bob wrote that whole thing. You know, he was, we, we went through a lot of notes, we went through a lot of changes, and Bob was really good about it. So, yeah, check that mostly out. Yeah, I was have like. it, <laughs> mostly, obviously. Yeah, mostly. You know, writers, you have to deal with what you deal with. Uh, um, so, yeah, definitely check it out if you, if you get a chance. Um, if you guys, you know, want to let us know what you thought of that or any other episode, um, Info at com is the email address. Um, com is the website, obviously, and at Talking Comics on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Talking Comics. Get um, in touch with us any of those places. Uh, we're up over like 250 likes now on Facebook, so that's wow. really awesome. I, I, mm. I'm, I'm really proud of that. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, uh, we were supposed to do a horror week, uh, you know, uh, during the Halloween week. We're not, we couldn't do it because everything had happened. So, I think next week we're going to roll out that content, whatever we had. We're going to try to get some interviews and, you know, a little belated Halloween for you guys. Keep uh, keep the holiday going.
0: Halloween is a holiday that just won't end. It, it, absolutely, well, it, I wish. It might
2: not depend on uh, depending on how the election goes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Bob had to get something in there.
2: I had to. I had a whole bit planned, but I got I got <laughs> I got shite canned on that. So we'll, we'll just. I would forward. like to
0: to make an announcement, an announcement of what? sorts. If any of our <laughs> listeners are electricians and you come to my house and you fix my stuff. I will personally buy your one week's worth of comics. So, you know, get at me. (laughs) Get at Steve. That's right. (laughs) All right.
1: So that is it uh, for Talking Comics for this week. For Steve. Did
2: you want to give out your personal? Oh, the
0: personal ones. Right. (laughs) It's been a couple weeks. Uh, At Bobby Shortle. Uh, My Twitter handle is at dead underscore anchorus.
2: Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com.
0: And uh, Stephanie who's not here is at
1: Hello Cookie, obviously. Um, all right, so now I think that's all the business. That's old yeah. business,
0: new business. Bidness.
1: Yeah. We have a, it's down on the ledger. Bidness.
0: Bidness. Bidness time.
1: We're ready to move on. All right, so that is it for Done Comics for this week for Steve.
2: See you later. Bob. You still have time to vote if you're in a time loop.
1: I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics to be continued.